Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Inside the Five. I'm Griff. I'm Will. I'm Stav. And on this episode, we're going to be throwing out predictions with the NBA season starting. We're going to be giving our our beginning of season predictions for the end of the season, conference finals, awards, all that fun stuff. And we're also going to be talking a little bit about our Boston Celtics. Um, You know, who's going to be there for us? You know, no coach. Or maybe it's Coach Missoula. We'll get into all of that. We have a little bit of the championship series in the MLB, the AL, and NL. And then we will, we will be wrapping up. Wow, English is already hard to start. We will be wrapping up with NFL Week 7. We have a jam-packed episode. Episode 150, 150 of Inside the Five. What do we say, guys? Let's do it. Let's go. Hey everybody, welcome back to Inside the Five. And let's just hop right in. I mean, we already know what my predictions are for the NBA season. I went through, I picked the Eastern Conference on the Instagram. Go check that out. But let's let's jump forward a little bit. Let's jump forward a few months. Let's give our conference finals matchups to start off the year with a bang, to be honest. And Griff, you go first. Give me your Eastern Conference Finals matchup. I mean, yeah, the Eastern Conference, as we have stated before, this year, in my opinion, is going to be the Eastern Conference. I think that this is the Conference of Champions. I think whoever wins this or whoever gets out of the East is going to be the final champion. I don't know why I think once it gets to playoff time, all these teams are going to be so battle-tested through the first round till the Eastern Conference Finals just because of how good it is. I think it'll be a very deep playoff as well in the Eastern Conference. But with that being said, I think the two teams that are going to make it out of the East are the Celtics and the Bucks. I know they don't sound like very like imaginative picks, but I'm looking at this and I'm thinking who, what team is as deep and what team chemistry-wise is as good as the Bucks? I don't think there is one. I really don't. And then when we're going over the Celtics, we were in the finals last year. And in my opinion, what I've been thinking about is losing Ime could be a blessing in disguise. I think that it could be a big time for Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown to step up and kind of in a way be like, okay, let's get the whole team. These two guys to get the whole team around Coach Missoula. It looks like it's already been effective. They started off 1-0, and and I know it's the first game. But if you can get under a coach and, and trust him and just you know work with him, and you have superstars on your team, 
that's the deadliest thing in the NBA. It's got to be the Celtics, and I think the Bucs have been doing it for a couple of years. So, I mean, I think that this is going to be one of the greatest Eastern Conference Finals matchups if they can find their way to it. Um, I've had the same one, Griff. I agree with you on pretty much everything that you've been saying. I mean, like you said, the thing about the chemistry with the Bucks, I really feel like that's what suits them the best going forward. I feel like it's been like that for years. I know Chris Middleton's out to start the season, but I'd expect Giannis to pick up the slack for him like he usually does. And then when Chris Middleton comes back, Chris Middleton's always electric. Every single time he gets that ball, whenever he's back, he comes out and balls out. And I'm and I'm not afraid to say that the Bucs are going to be very, very good as soon as he comes back. And then for the Celtics, I know obviously there's a lot of questions going around, especially because we have a coaching situation, but I don't even feel like it is a situation. I feel like, like you said, if we can get behind Missoula, which so far has been working, it's seeming like that we have some kind of traction towards that. I feel like this is going to be very, very strong Celtics team this year. I feel like we made the finals last year. We were a strong team last year. We were definitely battle tested. We had a lot of injuries. We had a lot of things go on. I feel like this year, if we can keep it healthy for the most part, I'm expecting big, big things from the Celtics team. Oh, and I mean, I agree with you guys halfway, all right? And I'm going to tell you guys why I think the 76ers are actually better than the Bucks this year and when it comes down to a playoff series. So I think MVP James Harden is back. So we saw an opening night against the Celtics. He carried that 76ers team. I think that he might actually come into being the best player on the 76ers over Joel Embiid. He's more versatile. He can score at will, he facilitates He facilitates like crazy. And if he's hitting, that 76ers offense is very dangerous. So a lot of people might bring up depth, whatnot. But, I mean, the Bucks they have, they have a similar team as they did last year, in my opinion. I mean, you have Drew Holiday, you have Chris Middleton, you have Giannis, and you have Brooke Lopez. I mean, Bobby Portis is there, and they also signed Joe Ingles. But then, like, the rest of the guys are just supporting, supporting cast characters. And I think that the stars on the 76ers – outweigh the stars on the Bucks, So it's like, you have James Harden, right? MVP form James Harden, in my opinion. You have Tyrese Maxey, probably one of the most explosive guards in the Eastern Conference, maybe the fastest guard in the conference, along with MVP second or runner-up Joel Embiid. I know I just said Harden's probably the best player on that team right now, but Joel Embiid is pissed off he didn't win MVP last year. And this 76ers team, I think this is their last year to do anything. Because if they don't make the conference finals for the X amount of years in a row, well, why, why, what, what are they wasting time for? Just blow it up now. Because Joel Embiid was probably on his way out the door. James Harden is probably going to be out his, on his way out the door if they don't make any progress towards the next round. We always see them. They're the first round warriors or like they're the first round heroes. Then you get to the second round and they absolutely shit the bed. Like we see it every single year. We saw them get smoked by the Heat. We saw them get smoked by the Hawks. I think that this is the year that they step up and actually take that next step forward to being in the Eastern Conference Finals. With that being said, I have the Celtics in five, but I think the 76ers take that next step. And the thing that I've been scared about, and it's been like this for years, is exactly what you said about the 76ers. They just they make it to the second round, and after the first round, you know, you get a little taste of them. You're like, wait. Like, Philly might do it this year, right? And then you get to the second round, and a a loss that's been stained into my brain is when they got absolutely killed by the Atlanta Hawks. That is a team that if you have Joel Embiid on your squad, you shouldn't be losing to that Atlanta Hawks team from two years ago. I I don't care about how hot Trey Young was, and and everybody thought that, like, you know, John Collins and Trey Young were going to be, like, 
the next Shaq and Kobe. They, they really weren't anything special. If they were anything special, if they were a real Cinderella run, they would have been in the finals. That's what a Cinderella run is in the NBA. It's the NBA finals. Making the conference finals is like you can stretch out your luck that long, but this team has never put it together. They've had talent on their squad since we've been trusting the process in like 2015, 2016. And I don't know if it's Doc. I don't know if it's Joel. It's probably James Harden. But there will never be something right in that locker room. And that's why usually halfway through the season, something comes out. James Harden gains 30 pounds. And the Philadelphia 76ers tank for like two weeks. And then, oh, like they're back. They're just so inconsistent. I I don't think I'll trust them until I see them in a final. So, Griff, you bring up good points there. But things I want to bring up kind of to counteract what you just said too. What's the difference between those that team that lost to the Hawks, that team that lost to the Raptors? James Harden isn't on the uh wasn't on that team. And James Harden mm-hmm. has led teams to the conference finals. He was one win away from beating the Golden State Warriors at the peak of their run. They they were yep. fully healthy for that the or uh, I'm sorry, the Warriors were fully healthy for that uh series against the Rockets in 2017 when the Rockets ended up missing like 32 threes or something in that game seven. Yeah. Yep. But we're we're talking about how right now James Harden's legacy is completely altered because they had a bad game seven. Imagine that James Harden led that Rockets team past the Warriors. He'd be considered probably the best like one of the best players in the league again. And he'd probably mm-hmm. still be there. But like that's the James Harden I'm expecting to see this year with the Philadelphia 76ers. And he's a guy who can lead a team far into the playoffs as we've seen before and a full year of this team. Ben Simmons is completely out of the picture. Now we only saw this 76ers team with half a season of Harden. Now Harden has had a full off season with these guys. He's gotten back into shape. He looked like he was MVP form James Harden opening night. And I expect him to, we're, they're playing again tonight against the bucks. Another great yeah. challenge. I, first game of the year. Th- this, this is going to, this is almost a, an early test to what we're saying because Hypothetically, what went through my head here is in my predictions, I had the Celtics at one, the Bucks at two, the 76ers at three. So in that hypothetical second round, the Bucks and the 76ers would face off. This is an early uh, preview of what our predictions are. This is like a head-to-head clash of our predictions, and we get to see that tonight. I was going to yeah. say, I have those three teams, same style. That's what I was kind of thinking for – that Eastern Conference final matchup is either going to be the 76ers or the Bucks, And I feel like the inconsistency doesn't really come from the players as much as I feel like it's going to come from the coaching. I don't know what it is, but I feel like Doc did not really come up with enough for that team. I know there was a lot of speculation. I know there was a lot of drama around the 76ers, but when is, but when isn't there, I feel like that needs to, that's the hump that they need to get over. I feel like this year could be a year that they get over that hump, but I, my bold prediction is that Doc may or may not be the coach of that team halfway through this season. And, and I like that. I like that a lot, Will, because think of think of where we are, right? Celtics fans. What fan base knows Doc Rivers the most? The fan base that he won a championship with. We've seen, you know, these different documentaries that have come up about that 2008 year, all this stuff. And we watched it. You know, we lived through it. We were young, but we lived through it. And we know who Doc Rivers was as a coach, and we remember him for 2008, right? And then that run until around 2011, 2012. He was with the team, what, two years before that? Mm -hmm. And, you know, didn't have KG, didn't have Ray Allen. 
but those were bottle of the barrel teams. Like those, those teams sucked. They were terrible. And what the real difference was, and we we've seen this clip hundreds of times as Celtics fans as, cause like our big three in life, like, and I'm not even going to argue with you guys. Like these are, I already know this is you will and Stav. These are your top three Celtics because we watched them in their prime win a championship. It's KG Ray Allen and Paul Pierce. It has to be. Those are who we watch. That's who we know the most from our childhood. That team only succeeded because of what I said about what the what the Celtics should do this year with Jason Tatum and JB. They got their veterans. They got their superstars to buy in to the way that Doc Rivers coaches. He coaches in a very unorthodox style, and he has a lot of different traditions that he brings on from, like, not even basketball that he tries to put on to these people, these players. And if you buy in – it works. The whole energy, everybody's together. But 2022, you have Joel Embiid, you have James Harden. And if you're trying to coach like that, it's just not going to work out. And I feel like that's how he was trying to coach Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid because they were young. He thought he could grab them and do that. They became superstars. They became superstars too quick. Now you have two perennial all-stars, Hall of Famers on your team. And it's not Kevin Garnett and it's not Paul Pierce. These aren't guys that are going to buy into a coaching method like that. So that's why I think Docker was a great coach. He just can't coach personalities. I don't think he has ever been able to coach personalities. I was going to say, they have a lot of personality on that team. I think and that's, that's like his that's the struggle. Yeah, so I know. That's I'm, the struggle. I'm glad you brought up that point. And I don't disagree with you about saying Doc Rivers is struggles coaching personality. But we have to realize Ray Allen and Kevin Garnett were personalities back then. But they that's what I'm a, saying. That's what I'm made, saying. They made the decision to buy in. So it's up to James that, Harden and Joel exactly to that, buy in yeah. to Doc Rivers. Yes, and I don't think they will. I don't think they have it in them to to buy into any form of system, um, kind of like LeBron James. Now. Hate LeBron, by the way. Oh yeah, I think we we'll, we can all agree on that. And we, well, I kind of want to talk about. I mean, let's talk about the the dumpster fire of the Lakers. Let's get off of the Celtics for a little bit because we're gonna transition into the Western Conference Finals matchup. And a few of us have certain LA team that isn't the Lakers. But yep. before we get into the Western Conference Finals matchup that we have predicted. I want to say that the Lakers are an absolute dumpster fire of an organization oh, yeah. and an embarrassment to basketball right now because you have the most perennial, this probably the top two most perennial franchises in NBA history, right? The Celtics and the Lakers. You look at the Celtics. They are top-notch this year. They made it to the finals last year, and they're making consistent uh, moves forward into becoming back into the best team in the NBA. You look at the Lakers. That roster sucks. That roster, top to bottom, is awful. All right? Your best shooter is Matt Ryan. That guy was door dashing a year ago. And he was getting quality minutes. And and yeah. he played one regular season game for the Celtics. He was on the and, Celtics roster last year. And he was getting quality minutes in the first game of the season. No hate to him, but he's not a guy who should be the best shooter on the Los Angeles Lakers. I'm sorry, but when we were growing up, this would be... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Shopify presents Cool Sheets from AHA to... Lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat-induced insomnia. 
That was my aha moment. Bedsheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bedsheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible. Signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year-round. And my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoice. Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. From aha to anything is possible. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Way more of a story than it is now. I think media really needs to hone in on the fact that the Lakers are terrible and then they're letting the GM of that team walk away like nothing's wrong. You literally have LeBron James and Anthony Davis and that's it. You're starting three point guards on your team with Russell Westbrook, Patrick Beverly, and Lonnie Walker. Lonnie Walker didn't get re-signed by the goddamn San Antonio Spurs who are projected to have first overall pick this year and they drafted him three years ago. So you tell me what direction this Lakers team is going. I have zero idea. I wanted well, to say, at what point, I know this might be kind of bold, but at what point, I know the buses are legendary in LA, but at what point do you really look at Genie Bus and be like, this might be time to just sell the team, start fresh, whole organization reset? Like, because this team, every single year since they've gotten LeBron, they, that first year, they struggled. The bubble happened and they won. They got away with a quick one there. And ever since then, it's been downhill, downhill, downhill. And I know we look at AD in his first game back. Obviously, he had some injuries. We were He was questioned how well he would play this year. He came out and balled out. I feel like that's just the expected when you get a superstar like AD coming off of a whole offseason to be prepared. I mean, obviously, LeBron did well, too. But everyone else on that team, that's not even like players. Like, I, I'm not going to discredit Russ or even – I'm not going to discredit Russ that much, but I feel like that's really their three. That's all they have. The supporting cast isn't even a supporting cast. It's really just a bunch of fill-ins to have a roster. No. In the best, the fourth best player on this team is Patrick Beverly, which Patrick Beverly should not be in a starting five. I'm sorry. If you're trying to win a championship, Patrick Beverly, great defensive guard, great hustler, all that fun stuff. But Patrick Beverly, like as much as he wants it, he's not good enough to be the starting point guard, the starting shooting guard on a championship team, let alone a playoff team. Like Mm -hmm. he got carried last year because the Timberwolves got hot because Anthony Edwards broke out onto the scene and and Patrick Beverly, who talks all this smack, you put him on a team with three of the biggest superstars in basketball, like three guys, two guys that have their own signature signature shoe. And then Anthony Davis, who has been a household name since he was at Kentucky and Patrick Beverly comes on and first off, He's like, yeah, I'm not playing with those guys. They're playing with me. Like, no, I just, I was gonna none say of you that. were playing together. You guys, I mean, this is one of the worst roster creations I've ever seen, and it, and it is by far the worst roster creation I have seen around a team that has LeBron James on it. Like, was how is LeBron say. James on a team and his best bench guy is Juan Toscano Anderson? I was gonna say that quote is the epitome of the Los Angeles Lakers in the last like four years i think no they're not playing i'm not playing with them they're playing with me i made the playoffs there's a difference to be fair he's not wrong that he made the playoffs and there's a difference because that team is just the epitome of bad like they can't put anything together they have they don't really have 
a unit. They're they're not a unison team. That's not even a team. They're literally just a bunch of friends, if you want to call them friends, they're that want to go play pickup. Yeah. Like they're literally like if you showed up, like all of that whole team showed up to a court, literally anywhere, they're like, oh yeah, this is our team. That's literally what happened. So they're they're not organized at all. I guarantee this team is going to be very lackluster leading up to the trade deadline, and I guarantee you that Russell Westbrook is going to be gone at the deadline. I, I don't know who they're going to acquire, but I also believe that Anthony Davis should be on the trade block. It, the LeBron AD experiment hasn't worked. Let's be real. Like you, I think that you can trade Anthony Davis to a a, a good team and get shooters around LeBron James. Let's look at 2017, that Cavaliers team. You built it with a bunch of slashers to help out, or in LeBron's friends, basically. They had D. Wade. They had Isaiah Thomas on that team. They all sucked. They, everyone went out the door, and they just got a bunch of shooters so LeBron could kick it out after he drives. Yeah. And that's what this Lakers team is going to have to do. You got to get rid of Anthony Davis. You got to get rid of Russell Westbrook. And I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Patrick Beverly walk out that door, too. Yeah, that team That's what he knows how to do best. And the Lakers, I mean, like we said, a Los Angeles team, and it's been – they've been Los Angeles' team. But when we're talking about who we think is going to make the Western Conference Finals, I have a different team from L.A. You know, and I'm going to get us started here. In my Western Conference Finals matchup, I have the Clippers and I have the Warriors. I think that coming off an injury, first off, we've seen the clips of Kawhi already. That man is an absolute tank. I feel like he just kind of, like, decides to do something. He's like, okay, I'm going to develop a three-point. And, and going into the pros, it, it was just there. And this time he hurt his leg. He is ripped. Like, he has Saquon thighs now. I think that him kind of beefing up, maybe he could go up, play the four, have Zubats at the at the five, and Paul George at the three. I think that's the probably the best lineup that they've had, you know, in terms of having that core with PG and Kawhi when they've had PG at the two and Kawhi at the three, move them up, throw a couple guards in there. You could even have Kennard at the two just to shoot the hell out of the ball. And I think that this team's going to be special this year. I think that this team is going to be fantastic. They're kind of a team that nobody has talked about because a lot of injuries, a lot of people coming back, they're going to be full strength this year at some point. And I think that they're going to put it together And the Warriors. I mean, I don't even want to say too much about the Warriors. I'll let one of you talk about it. Um, the Warriors are just disgusting. The Warriors are gross. They're amazing. They're amazing. They're. Um, I also have the Warriors. I'll talk a little bit. I mean, obviously, they're nasty. I don't have the Clippers, but I like what you said about the Clippers. I get scared every single time. Like, I like the Clippers this year, but I'm very high on the Nuggets. But I'll talk a little bit about the Clippers really quick. I just get a little scared about the Clippers because every single time they obviously there's like that underlying curse that everyone talks about. Every time the Clippers are good, there's always something that happens to them that just for some reason it just doesn't work out. And I hope that changes because I think they have a very, very good team. And I do really think they could be special this year. But I am very high on the Nuggets. With Jamal Murray returning, Jokic obviously back-to-back MVP, possibly could make a three-peat for an MVP this year. I really think this team has something that they that they could do to make the finals possibly this year. I think this is going to be a very, very special team. I think they're going to be competing all year long. They're going to be very, very good. And obviously the Warriors are nasty. They won the finals last year. They pretty much have the same core. I think they do have the same core as last year. I, I really don't see how they couldn't get it done again. I mean, I'm going to tell you why. I have, in my conference final matchup, I have the Clippers and the Nuggets. So I took both of your teams that you had, and I just took away the Warriors, right? 
And I'm going to tell you why. I think that there's too much turmoil in that locker room. I mean, yeah, you can say, oh, everyone apologized. They all played well on the opening night. Okay, Draymond Green. Like, let me let me ask you a question, Griff. If mm-hmm. we had a physical fight, right, and Will recorded it and posted it, right, and, like, say whoever won the fight, it got a lot of back. Like, say I sucker punched you, right, and it got released, and everyone's like, oh, what the hell? Like, you're – you just – soccer punt whatever and then i turn around and say how this is gonna humble me like he draymond green went on tnt and was like let's look at the positive of this and then like it was a montage of him playing with his kids when the video like dude you just knocked out your teammate that's not a normal thing to happen like and people are always saying, like, they always bring up the point, like, oh, Michael Jordan punched Steve Kerr. Yeah, that's Michael goddamn Jordan. Michael Jordan can do whatever he wants. That team is – it's so different. You're not Dr- – Draymond Green is so, I think, irrelevant to this team that he's so easily replaceable. And we even see it, like, opening night when the Lakers and the Warriors played, LeBron dapped up Draymond Green and Andre Iguodala made a gesture towards Draymond yeah. Green, which I don't think I can say on the air, but – we, I, I think we know what this locker room's opinion on Draymond Green is. I think they're sick of his shit, to be honest. And I think that the turmoil is going to lead this team. I still think the team's going to be very good. But I think that's what's going to put the Denver Nuggets over them in a conference final based off of my predictions. I think that, will exactly what you said. Jamal Murray coming back. Michael Porter Jr. being healthy. Nikola Jokic, MVP candidate. Like all these things are finally formulating together for the Denver Nuggets that are going to put them above the Golden State Warriors in the conference finals. And let's talk about the Clippers a little bit too. You have Kawhi Leonard, healthy. He's going to be starting off the season on low management, probably off the bench maybe even. Paul George, I expect him to be MVP Paul George candidate like we saw in 2016. You have Reggie Jackson, a guard who's looking for something to prove. You know, they have a lot of these guys who are young, hungry, and they're a really good defensive team. And like we saw last year with the Celtics, defense can carry you through the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, there's not really much else you can say. I mean, I, I really think my prediction with the Warriors, I really feel like I know they keep saying that Draymond Green isn't going to get traded and that they're going to keep him, whatever. They're going to wait until the offseason. I think he's gone by trade deadline. I really think that's just a statement to keep the to keep that air settled for now. As soon as that trade deadline hits around that time, I believe he's gone. They're going to get a good piece. Or if not, they're going to try to get someone in return possibly a package deal, and I think it's going to make that team even better. No, you're right, and I think that this is the reason why Draymond will get traded. I think that that whole act, he tried to come back and tried to pull some corny. Like, this is something that, like, if Russell Wilson was secretly, like, abusive to his teammates, like Draymond Green is, Russell Wilson would go on air and – talk about all these excuses and all these different things and try to portray himself as like a very good guy. Mm-hmm. But the thing is we saw it with Iguodala and we all know Jordan Poole. I feel like Jordan Poole has like the same mindset that we all do. Like, I, I don't think that Jordan Poole is fully over getting punched in the How face. How can you? I don't and, think and you can. By the, by the way, by the way, by the way, if me and Stav got in a fight, and you brought it, that whole hypothetical. If that whole hypothetical happened, I'd be more mad at Will than I would be at Stop. If you recorded that, Will, I if I even if I got punched in the face, I wouldn't get punched in the face. If I got punched in the face, I would stand back up, 
I would go over to Will and I would slap him. Like not oh. not a punch. I would just like a very disrespectful slap because that would just be messed up, Will. Yeah, just recording it. Sure that is, that's a fair point. I know. I, I honestly can't believe you would do that. Yeah, well, that's kind of crazy that you would do that in this <laughs> hypothetical. What the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> like, I, 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 I'm gonna no. I'm kind of upset with it, but like, <laughs> yeah, no, I really just don't like you, Will. I I also hated how they were coming out about Jordan Poole saying that oh he has this huge attitude. Like, let him have the attitude. Like, like he's, that's getting why he's getting a bag. That's why he's getting buckets. Yeah, like I would rather have him be like just talking mad shit to everyone. No, and that, that and no, that's practice, exactly what I'm that's, saying. That's like what you want. Like I, like you want him to be competitive. Like he's trying to push his teammates. He's trying to become like a name in the league. Like there's no other way you can really do that on a team that has Steph Curry and Clay Thompson on it. Like like they are little Hall of Famers. Like you have to kind of make a name for yourself with a team that's surrounded by stars. No, and that's exactly what I'm saying. Like if the Eagles don't mesh between Draymond Green and Jordan Poole, who's Draymond's out. That's what I'm saying. Like, who's more worth it at this point? I think it has to be Jordan Poole. You just paid him. Jordan Poole is literally they, different. Like, they, he literally they, is insane. They clearly value Jordan Poole more so than they value Draymond Green. Look at how much money they just gave Jordan Poole. You don't give that guy that much money if you don't want to keep him happy. And it's in the best interest of this team to keep Jordan Poole happy and to get rid of Jay, Draymond Green. I, I and, Yeah, I, I like how they, everyone always says, oh, he's the leader of that team. No, he isn't. Like, no, he isn't. That team still – like, especially last year, Draymond Green did not do anything in the finals. Yeah. He didn't do anything to help him in the playoff run. That was all Steph Curry. Steph Curry w- was unbelievable in that playoff run. And I, I, you replace any single power forward in the NBA with Draymond Green, and I'm sure they do the same exact things every single year. I, I think that there's so many options that they could – trade Draymond straight up for somebody else, I think there's at least 10 to 15 people that they could just straight up be, okay, Draymond for this guy, and they would they would overall win the trade. And, and they would have a much better four around them. There's so many they other people in this league that – throw a pick that, in that trade and get a player, no pick back, and they would win the trade. Because, no, think about it. Think about it. If you trade Draymond for, like, a four that's, like, maybe a starter on, like, a – decent team i don't really i can't really think of anyone but not anyone special just a younger guy he's all right he's going to be on the court with clay thompson with steph curry with jordan Poole, with all Andrew of these wiggins. like amazing players wiggins i'm even going to throw wiseman because we haven't seen a lot of him but i think he has a lot of promise moses moody has been good like the he just needs to go around this team. You could put, you could trade Draymond for someone that's like a step below Draymond, and he will play to Draymond's level. And then when Draymond goes to this next team, he will go back down because you get boosted by playing with people like Steph and Clay. Yeah, like look at what Andrew Wiggins is doing. I mean, Andrew Wiggins had an awesome playoff run, and he had a great season last year. He was an All Star starter, and well deserved. And uh, as a matter of that, and he's just going to continue to play well because he's with such great players around him. He elevates his game. As you just said, Griff, whoever steps in for Draymond Green will step up into that role of being an enforcer type player and can succeed with every, like some of the best players of all time around. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's such an easy spot to fill. The only reason that they haven't filled it is because he's won, what, three, four rings with this team. And I mean, speaking of rings, who's going to win the final straight up? I know this is going to sound so biased. It's the Celtics, and, and neither of you are going to agree with me here or disagree with me here. It's the Celtics. This is it. This is like the perfect story. Everything has come together, and I think that the cherry on top to start this season was by suspending our coach on something our own team did. I think that's just a whole statement. I think it's really come through, and I think that after game one, I think we're going to play like that every game, and there's been so many – different players that I didn't expect already. There's been like three or four that I can name on the Celtics team that got in this game that I was like, wow, like I didn't know that they were going to be able to do this. And I want to say one of them, even though not a lot of points, not a lot of stats in general, Noah Vonley, he was terrific. He was terrific. He was exactly what we needed. And we don't have a lot of depth at, at the big. Once we get Rob Will back, Noah Vonley might not even be in the rotation. He probably won't be. Um, where, like this is it this isn't it but this is it for the start of our destiny yeah i, I, I mean we're gonna be going for years we all said the same thing we all have the celtics winning the finals and i think it's for good reason they're the best team in the best conference you know they they made it to the finals last year and if teams who lose the finals can go obviously in one or two directions right one you can be a team who uses that to motivate you right you you're not gonna let uh yourself get you're you're gonna let that fuel you you're gonna let that piss you off and you're not gonna let that feeling happen to you again that's what i was trying to say english is a hard language it is or you can be a team that coasts right okay i made the finals no one else really does that i made it we didn't win but who cares what happens now at least we made it and i think the celtics are the first option there. I think that we clearly saw with how hard everyone was training this offseason, how they stuck together throughout all the adversity they faced in the offseason. Like, let's not forget that KD to the Celtics was um, like the Celtics were betting favorites to land Kevin Durant. And around that, our second best player, Jalen Brown, was on the block for that. And he was liking tweets saying how Celtics fans are so unappreciative of Jalen Brown, blah, 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 blah. But now I feel like this team is more together than ever. Right. And that's how you get through a season. That's how you get through the trials and the adversity of a season. If you are a team, if you're cohesive as one, and then they bring in guys like Blake Griffin, Malcolm Brogdon, who are really good veteran pieces that can help elevate a team throughout the midst of the season, throughout the dog days of the season, when certain players aren't going to be able to play throughout injuries or whatever you insert these guys, they're instant spark plugs. And not, I, I think the Celtics, once everyone returns from being uh, like Robert Williams, once he returns from his injury, there are even rumors of Danilo Gallinari being ready to start or ready to go by the end of the season. You insert these guys into the lineup. You have 10 guys. You have two starting groups, in my opinion, that would start on a lot of other teams. 
mm-hmm. being able to play for you. You have a 10-man rotation, 11 even at that point. So I think the Celtics are the most deep team, and I think that's going to help propel them to be an NBA champion this year. I mean, obviously, for those reasons, I mean, how can you not pick the Celtics to win the NBA Finals this year? Obviously, coming off the Finals loss. I mean, this is a team that is the definition of grit and grind and love and trust. I mean, these guys are stuck together through everything. I mean, it, like, I know as funny as it sounds, it's true, though. I mean, like, like I know it's funny when Marcus Smart says it, but it's it's true. I mean, they all have to have some sign, some sense of trust for each other. They've built a bond that literally cannot be broken. They've added guys to this team that have immediately gelled with them. They're all friends. They're all doing things together. Like this, the team communication, the team bonding, as well as out of nowhere, we suspended our coach for obvious reasons. We don't need to talk about that. Now we have an interim head coach that we are – we're just like, you know what? We buy in. We do our thing. We win. We are still good. Not a lot of teams have that mentality. Not a lot of teams, once something bad like that happens to a lot of teams, they're just like, oh, well, this season's a wash. Let's just go out and hoop. And that's when you see like one or two players doing their thing and everyone else is kind of just like not with it. And then that's how a lot of bonds get broken. This team knows that they're special. This team knows what they can do. And this is why they're going to be the best team in the NBA this year. I love it, boys. I'm very excited for the Celtics. Like I, I'm, I love how exciting Celtics basketball is, even around the city. Like I'm going to be honest. I know you guys aren't really in Boston, but um, when you walk around the city, it feels like it's one of those like ESPN documentaries where you walk into like a Dunkin' Donuts or something, and guys are just talking about the Celtics. You go into mm-hmm. Like random, like I'm wearing a Celtics shirt or whatever. I walk by someone. Someone says, "Hey, go see the the excitement for the Celtics is back in the city." And we didn't really see that in the beginning part of this year last year. And I think this group is special. And I think they're going to actually step up even more than we saw last year. No, I agree. It's something that I don't remember feeling this way. Like I feel like this might be a special, like very special team. Like. I mean, you guys have had Patriots teams year in and year out where you know, obviously, you know, you're going to the Super Bowl, right? And we've had some Red Sox seasons where it kind of just felt like destiny, like 2013. It was almost obvious. But this like is like magic another, in the air. It, this is like another case of that. And I mean, praying that everybody stays healthy. And I think we will. Like, I, I, I don't know. I think that everybody just has this weird feeling that everything is going to align. So it's bound to happen. And we thought, you know, after starting off a little shitty in the first half of last year, coming back, getting hot, I think that we're just going to keep that. We're going to keep that mentality. In game one, we played exactly how we played throughout that whole Buck series. Which we was scored just 130 like, points against a yeah. very good defensive 76ers. That, that's what I'm saying. Like, we, Opening we were night. Strapping around. We were being more physical than them. Um, we were throwing Al Horford on Joel Embiid, and it was working. Like, if Al's giving us another year like what he gave us last year, I can almost guarantee you that Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum add at least a point and a half to each of their scoring totals. And, and this Celtics team is going to be scoring 110 points a game. And you said, it, you said it best, and this team doesn't take any shit from anybody. Let's look at no. that play where Joel Embiid tried to break Marcus Smart's arm. Jalen Brown was the first one there to stand over him and push him back down or push Joel Embiid back. Like this team is so together. Like you hear that article uh, a few weeks back when Sports Illustrated wanted just Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum to be on the cover of that, and they were like, "No, Marcus Smart's going to be on this cover as well." They brought him in for that picture, and I think this is going to be a year where we see multiple Celtics All Stars. You know, I I definitely I think two All Star locks. 
obviously Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. Don't be surprised if Marcus Smart puts himself in that conversation, you know? And, and, and I think that Smart's going to do it the way that all defensive players have done it with his mouth. I think Marcus Smart's going to be talking. He's going to be tweeting. Everything is going to be surrounded by like, yeah, I'm the defensive player of the year. It's kind of like the the mentality that Jalen Ramsey goes out with on Sundays. Like, I'm the best. Like, I am literally the best at what I do. Why am I not on the all-star team? And then it's, why am I for, – forever it was, why is he not on the first team all-defensive? Yeah. And then it was, why is he not deploy? Now he's deploy. So now it's, why is he not an all-star? Yeah. And then it's, after that, it's, why is he not all-NBA? It's like I, the, I really think that that's just going to be the mindset that he has, and he's going to be saying it out loud. He, he's going to be walking out with the most confidence Marcus Smart has ever had, but in a good way. Not the confidence where we see Marcus Smart take 15 threes a game. I think he finally knows exactly what he needs to do because he realizes yep. he has two, I mean, breakout superstars on his team. And, Griff, you said it best. He's going to manifest it. And we see if Rudy Gobert is going to make an all-star team, why isn't Marcus Smart? Yes. You know what I yep. mean? If Rudy Gobert is just a center version of what Marcus Smart is. He's just a pure defensive-minded player. But Marcus Smart's a way better playmaker than Rudy Gobert. I was going to say, I think Marcus Smart is a way – I think Marcus Smart overall is a way better player than Rudy Gobert. Yeah, 100%. Marcus Smart impacts a team way more than Rudy Gobert would. So if we're talking about individual accolades right now, let's hop right into MVP. Um we have some similarities here. I'll go first just because uh, I already released my picks on – or yep. we already released yep. my picks on the Instagram. I got Jason Tatum. And I, I made this prediction before game one, but game one solidified my opinion even more. I think he just looks way more confident. He looks like he's way more of a threat offensively. He looks like mm-hmm. he's smarter. Brian Scalabrini said it best in the post game. He looks like he knows where to go based on what looks the defense is giving him. He looks like a way yeah. smarter player. He's making yeah. the right decisions. He's driving to the hoop. He's playing great defense. He's hitting his jump shots. He's hitting contested jump shots. He's finishing at the rim. He's making crazy. And I, I see Jason Tatum, and I'm like, this is the best player maybe in the entire NBA right now. And it's – I'm very lucky to say – I think we're very lucky to see this as Celtics fans that we have a top-level NBA player on our team. I agree. I mean, and that's why I also picked Jason Tatum to win the MVP this year for those similar reasons as well. I feel like we're in that area that I know we've talked about with our stars, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, that we're we're in those years where we're going to see something very, very special. And I feel like obviously right now Jason Tatum is is amazing. He's a superstar. We have something that I don't think we've seen in a long, long time from someone in our uniform with Jason Tatum. And I think that this is the year that he really, he's already broken out. We've already seen what he can do. He, we've were at the finals last year, but I think this is one of those years that we're going to see almost a, the first full year of his prime. Like he's in it. He's going to be electric. He's going to be making his shots. He's going to be, we're going to see Jason Tatum dunking on people again. We're going to see everything. We're going to see yeah. the, him being electric. We're going to see the attitude. We're going to see him talking a little bit more. We're going to see him being more engaged in, in the games. And I obviously when we talk about the Celtics again, I'm going to mention the same thing about Jalen Brown. I, he's kind of, they're on the kind of the same trajectory. I think we're going to see a lot of similar things from Jalen Brown as well this year, but we'll talk about that later. But that's really why I think Jason Tatum is going to be the MVP of this league this year, especially if the Celtics team is what we're talking about. So special. So everything he's going to be the forefront. He's going to be the leader. He's going to be the man. Yeah. And, and one thing that I want to say, I do have a different MVP, but one thing I do want to say about Jason Tatum is the thing that I've been saying for years is 
when he was a rookie, he had nothing to lose. Like, you remember he dunked on LeBron in, in the conference finals. Like, he was mm-hmm. throwing his body on the line. Like, he was just going it's up. It's crazy to say. And, yeah, and, and he's kind of gotten into the role where the last couple of years, it's like, oh, wait, I'm starting to become a superstar in this league. I'm a little nervous, you know, and I feel like this is finally when he breaks out and he's like, yeah, like, I do this. And, and, and it's kind of what I was talking about with Marcus Smart. It's the confidence. And I think that this whole team has instilled the confidence I don't know if it started with Marcus Smart, if it started with Jalen Brown. I, I know for a fact it didn't start with Jason Tatum because what I've been saying for years is he gets through the lane, but he doesn't know how, where, and when to finish. But uh, throughout the first game, everything that I've been saying the past few years, like he answered all my questions. Like, why don't you do this? Why don't? Why, why doesn't he do this? Like, I know I'm seeing this from a screen, but he's in the NBA. Like LeBron does stuff, and especially in his prime. LeBron did stuff that, like, that was the best option. Everybody knew, like, not everybody knew he was going to do it, but once he did it, it was like, wow. Like, I didn't even think about that. And then Jason Tatum, who who I'm like, you're going up double contested, like, kick it out, right? In in, in different situations, too, when, like, oh, you have a smaller player on you. Even if he's 6'5", 6'6", Jason Tatum's 6'8", and that man is huge. He can back down almost anybody, any wing, any guard in this league, and he didn't for a long time. I don't know if he was scared for a double, but throughout throughout the whole first game, every single thing that Jason Tatum did, I was like, wow, like, yes, this is it. This is it. This is Jason Tatum. I feel like we've seen a shell of Jason Tatum, which is crazy to say because he's averaging 25 points a game, you know, last year. I, th- I think we could see – Tatum averaged 28, 29, and average eight boards, three or four assists, and, and go crazy. But my MVP is coming from the Western Conference, and I have a little bit of reasoning behind it. I'm going John Morant. He, he's a name that gets a lot of hype thrown around him. But I'm looking at MVP odds, and John Morant is at plus 1,500. By the way, um, Tatum right in front of him at plus 1,400, so – we're kind of around the same spot, but John Morant is at the perfect age. And I'm going to throw out two names right now. He's 23 years old. He is at Russell Westbrook. He is at Derek Rose age where you look at the team and the team's good, right? Like the Grizzlies are good. They look really good in the first game. And we all know who the best player on the team is. It's John Morant. And, and I mean, he dropped 34 points in the first game. He loves opening day. John Morant, has full control of this team. Whatever they do on offense, it always goes through John Morant. He's flying to the rim. He's dunking on people. He is doing the craziest layups. Like, he just does everything. He's going to have so many highlights this season that I think the hype is just going to overtake it all, and John Morant is going to be the MVP of the season. I I just – I have a weird feeling that this is a Derrick Rose-type season – but we all know what happened with Derrick Rose. I don't think that'll happen to John. I think that this is just the start of offensive dominance from John Morant, and he's going to just come out with a bang this season. And, you know, he's he's gotten a lot of hype around him, but not a lot of people are talking about him for MVP. And I actually like him a lot in this spot that he's in with the players he has around him. Like Jason Tatum has Jalen Brown with him. And then obviously Marcus Smart on the defense and Rob Will on defense. <coughs> John Morant has, like, Desmond Bain, who is good, maybe an all-star this year. But he doesn't really have, like, a two-headed snake on his team. It's really just Jaw. Jaw's going to go out there. He's going to get buckets. He gets nine, ten assists a game, um, get a few rebounds a game, and, and Jaw could easily be 
the the most valuable player of the NBA this year. I like that. I like that pick a lot. And Jaws, a guy who I feel like right now he's getting a lot of hate. You know, yeah. just like on for no reason. Like I I don't understand why NBA Twitter just randomly starts just picks somebody and hates them. And it makes no sense to me. And I love John Morant. John Morant's probably one of my favorite players in the NBA. And it, well, John, ja, you know what? Jaw gets hate. Jaw gets hate, and it's because of NBA Twitter. And it's because when children, like a child's favorite basketball player, and like a group of children, like all children around the world, their favorite player is John Morant. They see him hit the gritty. Little kids are doing the gritty. John Morant is so cool. He has the colorful hair. He's flying around the gym. Like when we were younger, we loved watching Derrick Rose. We loved watching Russell Westbrook. We loved watching John Wall. We loved watching those little shifty guards that just jump out of the gym, right? So th- this is like if you were to get a poll of children or across the U.S. who their favorite player was, John Morant would win this. And NBA Twitter just being like weirdos just is like, oh, children love John. That's childish. Like, fuck Ja, just because he's, like, for the children. Like, he's he's a child's player. Like, I'm a grown man. Like, I like Anthony Davis. Or, like, I like Damian Lillard because he's up in Portland doing nothing. Like, they just – NBA Twitter will hate someone because they get a lot of attention from other forms of basketball that isn't NBA Twitter. Yeah, it, it's weird. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. NBA Twitter's Unless, weird. You're right. It's – the most toxic and we're in NBA Twitter. We are but NBA Twitter. Weird. <laughs> All right, I like John, John's sick. Let's move on to the next personal accolade, rookie of the year. This is gonna be this is a very good rookie class, in my opinion. Um, yeah. and this can go any way. And I'm gonna stick with my prediction of Paolo Bancaro. He for the uh Jeez, I just lost my – I love not speaking English. But he's going to get probably the most usage out of any single rookie in the NBA. Um, he's mm-hmm. probably on the worst team in the Orlando Magic. And I, I see your predictions right now. I'm not going to spoil them. But out of the predictions that I see there, I think that Paolo will get the most usage, and that mm-hmm. puts him in the best spot to become the rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, I picked Jaden Ivey. Um, I think – with that Pistons team, I think he, he has a chance to be something special. I feel like they, if he kind of progresses, plays well, I really feel like he's going to get a bigger, bigger role as the season goes on. I mean, that team is a very weird team. They do get competitive at very random parts of the season. Yeah. They, they, they I don't know. It's something about the Pistons where they just randomly get competitive. I also had kind of like a secondary pick. I really like Benedict Matherin this year. I think he has a lot of place to shine on that Pacers team. That Pacers team is very, very bad. Similar like the Orlando Magic, if he can kind of prove something, he could get end up getting a lot of minutes on that team. Yeah, I, I went with a weird approach in, in this, and I took Shaden Sharp. He's a, he's a guard, and he's on the Trailblazers, and, I mean, about the only thing that the Trailblazers have is guards, right? But with Dame and Anthony Simons locking up the one and two, I think this is the perfect chance for Shaden Sharp to be on this team that could maybe get a five seed somehow. This is my prediction. This is my prediction. They grab a four or five seed. Shaden Sharp is averaging like 15 and six assists off the bench. And they're like, wow, like he is maybe – he could be up for six man of the year. Why He's a rookie. Let's throw him in rookie of the year. That's my prediction for Shaden Sharp. I think that Shaden Sharp is a terrific scorer. And coming off the bench, he's only 19 years old, which first off, he's younger than all of us, which is embarrassing. He can also low-key play the three. 
That, he's six six. He has a decent amount of size. Right now, they're starting three is Josh Hart, who's a point guard. So, like, yeah, you're right. Um, but I think that Shaden Sharp's going to be coming off the bench for a while, and I think he's going to be trying to prove that he could be a starter, and he's just going to be putting up numbers off the bench. He's going to be the leading scorer off this Trailblazers bench, and I think that that's going to lead them into a playoff spot, which they've been struggling to do, and it's going to be one of those weird years where, like, the Trailblazers have been trying to find someone to pair up with Dame, right, ever since CJ left, and they just haven't found anybody, and they've been looking to make the playoffs. They think that that's how they're going to make the playoffs. I think they make the playoffs this year, and I think that the reason is because of all of these different understudies, and Jeremy Grant's a big guy um, that I'm going to be talking about throughout the whole season, I'm guessing. They're just going to make like this little run in the regular season. They're not going to do anything in the postseason, but they're going to make a little run in the regular season, get like maybe a five seed at best, seven seed, six seed. You can never – it's my prediction. It's my prediction. It's my prediction. I think that this team is so stacked with the guards that they're just going to put up a bunch of points. Yusuf Nurkic is going to get like 14 rebounds a game, and they're going to find their way into the postseason, and they're not going to do anything once they get into the postseason. They're going to be terrible. They're going to be a great regular season team. I think this is going to be a big Nurkic year, in my opinion. I mean, this is going to be a Nurkic goes <laughs> I've off. never heard Can we get that on a quote board? <laughs> I have never heard anybody say Big Nurkic year for Nurkic. Not Dude, like four anything. years ago, we didn't know if it was going to be Nurkic or Enes Kanter starting for the Trailblazers. I think if, it, <laughs> I think if Kanter or Freedom – was on the Trailblazers right now, and he was their starting center. He would do the exact same thing that you yeah, Freedom free of an NBA contract right now. That guy's never coming back in the league. All right. <laughs> Next on the list, we have Defensive Player of the Year. And this is most recently won by our Marcus Smart. We just went on a big tangent about him. And, however, none of us have him winning the Defensive Player of the Year. Griff, get us started here. Um... This guy, uh, you know, dates back to you guys hundreds of years. I have the Greek freak. Um, it, it's simple. Giannis should be winning it every year just because he's Giannis, because everybody loves Giannis and his blocks, and he's so tall and all this. He'll go out and block a center. He'll block a point guard. He'll block anybody. He just gets a lot of blocks. He gets boards. He can guard any position, and he's a superstar, so why not throw him out an award? I think the fact that, like you said, well, Chris Middleton being out, Giannis needs to step up. And the way that Giannis has always stepped up is not on the offensive side. He gets his game going on defense. He really does. He's kind of like Kawhi where if he gets hot on defense, then magically the shots start to fall. I think Giannis is going to be doing that a lot this year. Um, but I don't think that will lead to an MVP. I think it will lead to a depoy. I think they're just going to have to throw him in for something. He's going to have a terrific year on defense. But he's going to have a ter- terrific year in general. Like, he's going to be in the MVP race this year. You know, I like that. I like a depoy out of him. I picked – obviously, I don't feel like this is, like, a surprise pick to a lot of people, like, because he's won it before. But I have it for, like, a very niche reason, I think. Um, I have Rudy Gobert winning. Uh, for the reasons that him and Cat playing on the same team, I feel like his defensive prowess in the league is going to be highlighted more so now that they have someone playing offense to counteract what he does. <laughs> I feel like the way the NBA likes to vote on things is how not really not how flashy they are, but like they're more of a stats, more of a stats way. They kind of like they look they, they look too much into it, not really who like 
everyone's like, oh, yeah, Giannis had a really great defensive year this year. He should win Depoy. And then I always feel like they just start off. Like, same thing last year with Bam and Marcus Smart. Yes, I love that Marcus Smart won Depoy, but, like, Bam easily could have won it last year. I feel like having Cat as that offensive counterpart, you're really going to see Rudy Gobert show off his defensive ability. And they would love to give it to Rudy Gobert because he's French, and that'll mm-hmm. up their French viewership. They love it. Yeah. They love that. That's they why they gave him all those depots before. Was strictly because he was French. Was now like, they just have yeah, a better we're reason not to look at him. MVP. We will never give him MVP, but he just gets so many blocks. Even though he's boring, he's French, and now French people are going to be watching more basketball because of that. That's the reason why they do it. Yeah. So, Griff, you make a great point about how the NBA is trying to go, go global, but – I'm picking Bam out of bio here. I mean, you, you bring up a great point about the French. Well, they also need to get people from Miami to actually go to the goddamn games when they have a good team <laughs> on the floor. So <laughs> I'm kind of joking around. But Bam out of bio is due. He has not, he's yet to win any personal accolades. And he's a guy who can defend really the one through the five. He's very agile. He gets the stats, he gets the block steals, he gets the rebounds, obviously. And this year, the Miami Heat are not as deep as they were last year. He's going to get a lot of playing time. He's going to get a lot of minutes. And with minutes come volume, and with volume come stats. So with that being said, I have Bam Adebayo winning his first uh, defensive player of the year. I think he finished runner-up last year. But Robert Williams, he's out, right? And I think there's going to be some voter fatigue when it comes to Rudy Gobert. And I think there's also going to be – I mean, Griff, you bring up good points. But I think that there's also still some voter fatigue for Giannis. Giannis has won that award before, and they mm-hmm. really do. I think that they're trying to push the narrative of new players winning the awards because let's be real. Um, if it if voter fatigue wasn't a thing, LeBron James probably would have seven MVPs. Like yeah. certain players would have so many MVPs that it would just be boring. So voter yeah. fatigue is a thing. I don't. I, regardless if we think so or it is a thing. I think it's that's a fact, and I think that Bam Adebayo is going to win his first. Defensive player of the year. I like that. I like that. Um, I think that's going to be it for our personal awards um, for this season. But before we get off of NBA, um, I think we should talk a little bit about the Celtics. Not too much because, you know, we've talked about them. We we had Jason Tatum winning MVP. We have them winning the finals. We kind of went really in depth. But I do have a few questions for you guys. And with this Celtics team, you know, we saw in game one, in my opinion, this is a completely different team than we saw last year in general. And I think that it's a way better team. I think that we were a lot more deep. And with that being said, especially for our bench, um, I said earlier in the episode, we saw a lot of surprises. I saw a lot of surprises in this first game. Um, who do we think is going to surprise us the most? It, it doesn't have to be off the bench. It could be one of the starters, but I feel like we all know what we're going to be getting from our starters. Um Who's going to surprise us the most of it, it? It could be in a good way. It could be in a bad way. Just give me a player, anybody, and why you think that that's going to happen. So on the Celtics, a player that I think is going to be a big surprise for us is Blake Griffin. Um, I think that he's going to become an early fan. Fa- I think he already is. He got a standing ovation when he got introduced yeah. at uh, opening night. And I think he's just going to be a guy who's consistently hustling, consistently getting all the hustle points, like the Tommy Award. I think he's going to be a front runner for that award every single game. And he's a guy who's so desperate to win right now that I think he'll do anything to actually get a championship. I like that. I mean, I have, I had a list of a couple of players that I was thinking about. He was on that list. Um, I have 
Payne Pritchard. I think he's going to, I think this is a year that he can really come out and surprise us. I feel like we're going to expect a lot of good things from him. He's been on the trend of doing good things every single year. I think he's going to come out and surprise us this year. Um, I also have Malcolm Brogdon on that list too of players, kind of similar role, I want to say, but I feel like they're kind of almost interchangeable. Obviously, Malcolm Brogdon's going to probably end up getting some more time, but I feel like both of those guys can easily surprise us this year. Yeah, I think um, I have a few names, and I'm going to start with Grant. I really think that this was the perfect situation for Grant to not get a contract because he's the type of person that's like the, – the organization – this is my guess. The organization has already said, hey, here's here's the money. We're not going to give it to you yet. If you can do this for another year, we are throwing you cash. And he's going to go out and he's going to perform. I think that he's going to be fantastic. And um, he's going to run the four for a while. I think he should run the starting four for a while. And he's going to be terrific. He, he was awesome in game one shooting and on defense, hustle. He got a few fouls, I know. Um, but another name I, I already briefly mentioned is Noah Vonley. He had a good. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Looking for a particular truck part? Then look no further. The Rush Truck Center's All Makes Parts catalog features more than 16,000 of the most popular All Makes Parts from top suppliers in the industry and with quality brands you know and trust. And at 164 full-color pages, this is their biggest catalog yet. Our friends at Rush Truck Centers have great deals for you all year long. Check out their monthly parts and service specials in-store and online. And when you're ready to order, shop online with Parts Connect at RushTruckCenters.com. Expect more from Rush Truck Centers. First game, not great. He's not going to be great all season. But this is someone that I, when we signed Noah Vonley, I was like, okay, cool. He'll just warm the bench. I think that he might actually get solid minutes throughout this whole regular season especially if we continue to deal with injuries with our bigs. If anything, I want to say that our least like deep position is our big, and Noah Vonley is going to go in there. He's going to fit it well. And when Rob Will comes back, who knows where he's going to be in the mix with Blake Griffin and Al Horford and obviously Rob Will. But right now, and for the next month at least, Noah Vonley is going to be getting quality minutes. Now, a name that I actually think will be a bad surprise for us, and I hate to say it, but I'm going to say it, I'm going to say it so I can jinx myself here. Peyton Pritchard. He didn't play in game one. He didn't play at all. And the reason why he didn't play at all is because we have Marcus Smart, Derek White, and Malcolm Brogdon. Those are three, I mean, you could say point guards. You could kind of interchange all of them to the two as well. It's going to be hard to fight into that rotation. And if Peyton Pritchard isn't the best three-point shooter on our team this year, He's not going to get the same minutes that he saw last year. So I, I think it'll be a bad surprise from him. I hope it isn't. I have a Peyton Pritchard jersey. Um, I love Peyton Pritchard. I just think it's going to be a lot more difficult to get into the rotation for him this year than it was last year. Because we I, added a guy. We didn't lose I, a guard. I, I, I totally forgot about Derek White for a second. So Yeah, no, I, Griff, I agree. It's, it's going to be hard for Peyton Pritchard to crack the rotation. But He's going to be a fan favorite, but. Yeah, it's one of those things where I feel like last year we kind of saw that out of him where 
he didn't really play that much. But when he when he was in the rotation, he played well. So yeah. he has to prove himself. And we could essentially, depending on the matchups, we could we could still run three guards on the floor. Like, mm-hmm. it, he, he yeah, could, it would have to depend. A lot. He's fighting for a. To be honest, he's fighting for that spot. So hey, um, what do we think, or what? What should we expect out of Coach Joe Missoula as the interim head coach? Do we think he – what does he have to do to meet the Celtics' expectations? I feel like he's kind of set up right now to kind of just fill that role very well. I feel like as of right now, I feel like obviously it's only been game one. I feel like we can kind of expect him to, to do what we all think that he's going – like to kind of do what we kind of did last year, but possibly better. I feel like there's obviously like a gray area where things could go good and things could not go good. I feel like that's kind of like that every year for us, but I feel like that margin of, of that gray space is more good than it could be going bad. I feel like when it goes bad, I feel like it won't necessarily be because of what he's doing. I feel like we always fall into the weird area during the dog days of the season where we have some injuries. I mean, hopefully knock on wood this year, we don't have, any bad injuries, nothing happens. But I feel like for that little bad part that could surprise us could really just be the injuries. <clears throat> You're right. And this is going to sound messed up, but we're championship or bust. Like we are. And, and the reason why I've been believing that from our coach's standpoint, from Coach Missoula, um, is we've heard Wick talk about him. We've heard Brad Stevens talk about him. We've heard Danny Ainge talk about him and he's in Utah. Danny Ainge wanted him to be the head coach of the Utah jazz. He was trying to steal him. Wick Grossbeck came out with a quote just a couple of days ago that he called Danny Ainge and said, if you take him, I will personally fight a Utah and strangle you. Like this is, this is a guy that I think Wick wanted him to be the head coach before we got email, he was on the coaching staff with Brad. He said, this is the one guy that we need to keep in the organization. He needs to be on your coaching staff. They have nothing but trust in this guy. And with that being said, I think the reason why these players are going to buy into him is because of the exact same thing. He's They've been hearing all the talks from the front office, all the talks from their former head coach, their other head coach that's on suspension, and their old GM that drafted and traded for pretty much the whole core of this team. Talk about how great this guy is. They've been working with him. Jalen Brown and Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum have been working with him for four or five years now. They know who this guy is. Everybody on this team knows who this guy is. He's been around the organization. He's been the top assistant at the organization for years now. I think that this is the perfect scenario for the team to be like, our head coach is gone. Let's prove something. And, and I think that they're going to buy into Missoula. And not only that, I think Missoula is going to buy into them, realize that he has superstars on this team. And that's what I think is going to lead to something special. I think that they're going to be better off without Ime this year. And then once we get Ime back, it's a dynasty. Uh, yeah. I, you, you said it, you guys said it like no better than I could. It's like it's championship or bust. And yep. he has to have a level head and he has to keep these guys humble and he has to keep them hungry. And I think there's a lot of good clips coming out of opening night where he was doing that. He doesn't care. I think one of the quotes that the lip readers uh, found out from him was he's like, I don't give a damn who shoots the ball. Let's make good plays at three straight possessions where we're, we haven't done anything. I don't care who takes it. Just make your shots and keeping them. 
uh, keeping them humble, keeping them hungry, and keeping them ready to go is exactly what a head coach needs to do, and I think he's going to do that. Definitely, definitely. I think, <clears throat> like I said, obviously losing Ime is, I mean, a huge pain, right? But I think that that could really set us up for a different story, and that's what sports is about, is about these different stories. Each team that wins a championship each year – like the Warriors last year, they said the dynasty was over, all that fun stuff. The Warriors come back, they win, they win the finals, right? And, and then it's the Bucks, where it's like Giannis has done all these things. When is he going to put it together for a full season with a full team and win a finals? And that's exactly what they did. You went into the bubble. Who's most like Mickey Mouse? LeBron James. They go out, win a final. That's a story. It's it, it, it's that's what the NBA is. Every year is a different story. I think the Boston Celtics are set up in the best possible scenario to have one of the greatest stories of maybe even NBA history. And I think that this could be like the start. I'm, I know it's a, it's Boston bias, but this could, we're so young. We're so young. And Al Horford's old Rob wills working with, you know, his knee and all that. If Rob will can play 10 years in this league, we're winning at least three championships. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree. And I think that's a good point to end off for the NBA. I mean, Shout out the listeners. We're giving you a, a jam-packed episode of 150. Uh, that's an episode hour of the NBA talk, and we're only a third way done through this episode, technically. Let's talk about the MLB. We're in the league championship series, and out of the AL, we have two teams that we hate. Let's be straight up. I hate the Yankees, and I str- – actually, I don't want to say hate. I just strongly dislike the Astros. Shout out them for only being strongly disliked. Yes. Um. This was the nightmare scenario that we talked about. I think we talked about this even all throughout the summer. This is the one matchup we don't want to see in the ALCS yet mm-hmm. come to fruition. We're, by the time everyone's hearing this, um, game two will already two be done. Yep. yep. Okay. So okay, right now good. the Astros are up one nothing, and I think they win this series in five. I cannot see the Yankees beating this Astros team, and I hate the Yankees, and I don't think they deserve to be where they are. <clears throat> I, I mean, I want to say the exact same thing. I, I have Astros in four. I think that the first two games, the Yankees have no chance of winning. I think they have zero chance. They obviously already lost the first game. They have no chance of winning game two. And from there, it's pretty much over. Everybody's packed their bags. Um, <clears throat> you go into the Bronx, and when you're down – or when you're up 0-2, you're going to the Bronx. What better setup is that? Because the Yankees fans are going to be howling game three. You go out there, you shut them up game three, and it's over. It's over. You might as well just end the series after three games. If you can shut up the Bronx in game three, the series is over. That's exactly how it works. It was great that the Astros got home field advantage. I think whoever got advantage in this was going to win the series. And from the start, I I think it's been the Astros. And to your point of hating the Astros, um, I hate Altuve. And, And at this point, I hate, you know, I actually don't really like Dusty Baker as well. Um, but I really don't dislike anybody else on the team. Like, I don't know. I, I get it. They were cheating and all that. Um, you know, we got our chip too. Cora came from Houston. Um, I don't hate the Astros. In fact, I actually kind of like them. I love Bregman. I don't really like Kyle Tucker, but that's just because he bats with no gloves. I think that's just gross. Um, and Jordan is an absolute tank. Jordan is Yuli Gurriel has disgusting hair. So, you know, what? I don't like I don't like Yuli. Because his haircut is atrocious. I don't like Jose Altuve. I don't like Kyle Tucker. And I don't like um, Skipper Dusty Baker. Those are the four people on that team I don't like. But I, I love Bregman. I don't know why I, 
third baseman. He's awesome. He Alex Bregman is awesome at baseball. He's fantastic at baseball. Their pitching is fun. Their pitching is very good. The Astros are a good team, and, and I think that the Astros have everything that it takes to win a World Series this year. And I, I think that they're going to beat them in four. I think that this is going to be domination. I mean, Griff, you couldn't have said it any better. I mean, at the beginning of the series, in my head, I was like, I don't know. This league is kind of seeming like the Yankees are going to make it to the World Series. I was getting a little upset. But after seeing game one, and obviously we're going to, by the time you guys hear this, hopefully Astros are up to nothing. I mean, I don't really like any of these teams. The nightmare situation, as we said before. But I really think if the Houston Astros can go up too well going back to the Bronx, the Bronx isn't going to be the battle for the Astros. It's actually going to be the Yankees against the Bronx. The Bronx is going to be screaming at the Yankees. They're going to be mad at the team. That's just going to put them down. They don't understand how to bring their team up when they're down, unlike yeah. our fellow Boston Red Sox organization. Yeah, we would like, never. Yeah, we, 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 we could never do that. We, we could be down, literally down 0-3. And, and we would joke, and we and we would bring joke around. We would joke around. We would joke around and be like, oh, yeah, Rafi sucks, Sanders sucks, like all this fun stuff. Chris Sale doesn't they mean know it. how to They mean it. When Judge doesn't hit a home run every at-bat, they mean it that he sucks. They literally mean it. He's going no, to win. No, and, and that's what I'm saying. Like, we, we talk about it on Twitter and all that fun stuff. When we get to Fenway Park, when, when Fenway is fully loaded and everybody is there, there's not a single Red Sox fan in that stadium that's like, oh, yeah, Rafi sucks. Like, at that point, we're all bought in. It's like we're playing in the game, too. Yeah. The Yankees fans, the Yankees organization, they just don't understand that. New York, the, the city, the state, just they just don't understand it. Nobody understands it. And the Bronx, I, I actually – I'm going to say it. I like the Bronx. I just hate Yankees. I hate the Yankees. Hate this is, this is going to be an embarrassing defeat for the Yankees, in my opinion. I think that this is going to be the end of And Aaron nothing. Judge is going to be a Red Sox. Yep, this, is the, this is the end of nothing, pretty much. It's perfect. They didn't, they didn't do anything. If they get swept, if they get swept – I will put money on Aaron Judge becoming a Red Sox, whatever the odds. No matter what, no matter no matter what, I think regardless of what happens this season, I think Aaron Judge is going to be Red Sox. No, the only way I will throw in World Series. Questionable, but like I would probably would happen. Yeah, and also they're not. It's impossible to win the World Series if you don't win the ALCS. Let's remember that. Exactly. Now let's talk about the let's talk about the NLCS. Um. We got two great teams, teams that we haven't, we aren't used to seeing in this situation. Both of these teams took down Goliath, in my opinion. Yep. You know, everyone yep. had the Dodgers and the Braves, Braves written into the NLCS, including us. And mm-hmm. shout out the Philadelphia Phillies for upsetting the Atlanta Braves. And the Padres really were electric that series. Um, th- this is going to be a great NLCS. They split the first two games. Both games have already been played. They play the next game t- Friday night. Um, boy, I, this is a this is a pick 'em series in my opinion, and I'm gonna pick the Padres. You know, I, I love their their starting rotation of Yu Darvish, Blake Snell, Joe Musgrove, and whoever else wants to pitch. And Josh Hader has been electric in the postseason. He's, He's nice. been perfect nearly, and it's it's the perfect recipe for success. And not only is that just the pitching, their bats are hot. Juan Soto has been here, done it. Manny Machado has been there, done it. Um, Josh Bell, young, hungry. You know, like they got Jay Cronenworth. They got they got some good bats. These guys are excited. They want to be in. And I think it's still in the back of their head that they feel disrespected that Fernando Tat- that everyone wrote him off after Fernando Tatis is done. These guys are probably saying they're like, "Hey, we can get it done without him." F him, basically. I got the Padres. In I was six. gonna say, I also have the Padres, and 
and obviously we can talk about logistics as a team, but in the MLB, I love teams that have a motto. The Rally Goose is here to stay, and I feel like they're going to go out here and win this series and possibly win the World Series this year. I really feel like this is the team that's going to do it. And honestly, I like Fernando Tatis as, as much as as much as much whatever he's done. I feel like if I'm Fernando Tatis right now, I mean, I'm biting my tongue on what I did. Obviously, like, if they win the World Series this year, that, that's a big, big mistake. He could have been a part of this legendary team, and who knows what's in store after that. No, and, and you know what? I have a big reason for taking the Padres here, and that's because dating back all the way to uh, the wild card, I said the Phillies have no chance of doing anything. <laughs> who said that's like that? The craziest who, all who, time. Said, <laughs> who said don't count them out? Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team, team Ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. End quote. Yeah, but no, okay, okay, okay. It was not end quote. It was not end quote. That's not where the quote ended. Well, I ended the quote there now. All right, I'll continue it on. You said, oh, wait, no, they're playing the Cardinals. The Cardinals are going to kill them. Get rid of the Cardinals. Well, but no, hey. I'm taking the Padres just because, like, this will make me just feel a little bit better. Like, I was wrong. I was wrong. I was wrong. I'll admit it. I was wrong. But if they go to the World Series, then it's bad. Like, then that was one of my worst takes ever. They can't go to the World Series. They literally can't cannot. win it. They can't Padres, win it. They can't win it. Seven games. I think um, they're going to test me. They're going to test my mental this, health. This Phillies team reminds me of last year's Red Sox team where they kind of just found their way into the championship series. And what happened to the Red Sox last year, they lost in the ALCS. This team's going to lose in the NCS. And that wraps up MLB talk unless we have anything else to add. I don't no. think we do. No, yeah. hate the Yankees. Yeah. We have that, the whole that's, slate of NFL. Yeah, we still got an entire slate of NFL football. NFL Week 7, we are all attending a game this weekend, boys. And it's going to be separate, too. We're going to get inside the five content at multiple NFL games. What other podcast does that? I don't know, and I don't care. We're the best. So let's start We should just start doing it on a weekly basis. Yeah, funded by Belly Up Media. Um, Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that. So let's start off with the Thursday night uh, game, boys. The game tonight at the night of this recording. Hopefully a good Thursday night game. We have the New Orleans Saints in Arizona facing the Cardinals. The Cardinals are favored by one and a half points. I'm going to get it started. I got the Cardinals minus one and a half here. DeAndre Hopkins back. One of the best receivers in the NFL. He's back. I love the Cardinals in this one. And another fun fact, Andy Dalton has not won a primetime game in his career. Yeah, yeah, 0 and 8, right? Yep. Yep. I was going to say that statistic. Yeah, I was going to say. And also, I believe there was also a statistic about the Cardinals losing at home. I think they haven't won a game at home in primetime 
in like eight games. Also eight games. Yep, they are. Yeah. Uh, oh, you know, Andy Dalton eleven straight. Eleven straight. Uh, Cardinals, Cardinals eight. Eight. Yes. eight at home. This is um, this is an interesting matchup. Um, I actually have New Orleans breaking the streak, plus one and a half, and the under. Um, <clears throat> I love New Orleans in this game. I think that Taysom Hill runs for three touchdowns just randomly. He's been going off all year. Um, and I'm going to take the over as well. D-Hop finally back Thursday night football, first game back this year. But I like New Orleans in this spot. I don't think Michael Thomas is playing. They're going to run the hell out of the ball. Alvin Kamara is going to go crazy in this game. Um, just don't get too close to Vegas. And Taysom Hill is going to run for three touchdowns, and at least three touchdowns. Did you say you had the Taysom. over or the under? Over. Okay, I was going to say he's scoring three touchdowns. You have the under. <clears throat> Yeah, but that's not yeah. my official prop bet. I'm just saying that. I'm just yeah. saying. I'm just so, into it. Yeah, I have the over in this game, and I have Cardinals minus one and a half. Minus, yes. And I'm going to tell you why the over is going to hit. This game cannot go into overtime, boys, because Kyler Murray needs to get home and play Call of Duty. Call of Duty is not out. He is so anxious. He's going to be on fire tonight because he just wants to get home. He wants to kill yeah. them. He wants to put them away early so he can even sit out in the second <clears> half. So I got the Cardinals plus one and a half or minus one he and a half. He might go home at halftime. Yeah, that's what he wants to do. So might as well put up 50 points in the first half. That hits the over, and that probably covers one and a half points. So like let's it. move on to the Sunday slate games. We <clears> have <throat> the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Carolina Panthers. The over-under is set at 40 and a half, and Tampa Bay is a 10-point favorite. Will, who do you have? Um, I have Carolina plus the points. I don't really like the Bucks right now. I don't like the direction they're headed in, and I don't really like how they're favored by 10 points. I know the Panthers aren't good, but 10 points is a lot, and we've been saying those big spreads this year have not been treating teams very, very well, except for the Bills. They killed the Steelers, but that's the exception. They are not the Bills. They are not them. I have Carolina plus 10 and the under. Um, Who's the quarterback of the Panthers this week? Is it P.J. Walker? It's P.J. Walker. All right, because Sam Darnold returned to practice yesterday. Oh, okay. So I don't I don't think they made an announcement. And I don't think it matters. I got Tampa minus 10. I'm going to take the under as well. Uh, I think this might be 21 nothing. I Like Tampa, as much as you want to say, they're 3-3. Three and three. What what would Tom Brady want to do at 3-3? Three and three? Maybe get over 500. You know, he's Tom Brady. I think they get over 500 here. They beat him 21 nothing. maybe 21-3. I don't think P.J. Walker is going to score a point. Um, I don't think Sam Darnold will score a point. Um, this game's gonna suck. This game's gonna suck, and they play each other twice a year. So, um, well, I'm telling your pick here with Carolina plus ten, and I just don't think Tampa Bay's good enough to. It's a lot of points to cover that spread. Uh, we saw it last week; they were favored by ten points against the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they lost. I don't think Tampa Bay is necessarily gonna lose this game, but Carolina at home, I have them covering ten points. I think this is gonna be an over type game i got this being like 35 to 28 or something like that no wait 40 points no actually what am i saying i i have under written here why did i say over yeah i have the under here right when i was saying that yeah it's it's the under if carolina covers 10 points the under is gonna hit it's gonna be like 20 to 10 tampa bay okay next game on or no it's gonna be like 20 to 13 that, that, that's the pick, so they cover. I don't know. Nice English, nice Nass Stavros. Shame on me. All right, next game on the slate, we have Green Bay Packers at the Washington Commanders. Washington 
They're five-point underdogs at home against the Packers. And for that reason, I have Washington plus five. Um, the Packers are consistently favored. Consistently favored by a lot of points, it seems. You know, this is, I mean, there's a lot of big spreads this week, but this is one of the bigger ones at five point differential. And Green Bay has done nothing to prove that they deserve to have be favored in these games. I got Washington plus five. Taylor Heineke's electric. He's going to lead this team to cover. And I have the over in this game at 41 and a half. I like Green Bay minus five. I think this Washington team is a very big disappointment. Even though I do like Heineke, I think this is a week that we're going to see Aaron Rodgers actually produce pretty decently. I think this is an opportunity to kind of gain some confidence back, try to figure out where they are as a team. So I really like them minus five and the over. Um, Stav, everything you said was right about Green Bay, and Will, you relayed that message as well, and they stink. They, they are terrible, um, and this would be a big week to put them in the ground, right? But luckily, they're playing the Washington Commanders, who suck. They suck. I don't care what anybody says. Oh, this is an upset slate. Aaron Rodgers, if, if Aaron Rodgers loses to this Washington Commanders team, he should retire. Minus five is a great spread for Aaron Rodgers. And you know what? My prop pick of the week, Romeo Dobbs, anytime touchdown score. I think he finds his way into the end zone. Finally, I have him in fantasy. This is the first week that I'm playing him. So that's kind of why I said it. But that's my pick of the week for who's getting in the end zone. It, it's it's not like an obvious pick. I might have another pick later. I do have another pick later. But for this one o'clock slate, Romeo Dobbs is getting into the end zone. I got Green Bay minus five. Um, throw me throw me a bone on the under. I I love the under. I <laughs> I don't know. Like, both of these teams suck on offense. They both suck on defense. So, it's like, what's going to be worse that day, the offenses or the defenses? I think – I guess it'll be the offenses. Give me the under. This game sucks. This game actually sucks. A lot yeah, of these games game suck, does. but it's a great slate. There's no such thing as a bad slate. So – you're taking Green Bay minus five in the under here. Interesting. Interesting. I, I just think Taylor Heineke's electric and that this team's going to rally around him. They all hate Carson Wentz, so rally around <laughs> a guy you like. All right, I like next. that stuff. I like Heineke. You like yeah, next. Well? I like Heineke. The next game so. on the slate, we have the Indianapolis Colts at the Tennessee Titans. <laughs> didn't, didn't these guys play like two weeks ago? Another bad game. Another bad game. I swear to God they played literally like last week. All right. But anyway. sucks. No, it sucks because the AFC ooh, because the AFC South is all four of those teams are the exact same team. So like yeah. they play each other, they all play each other twice, and it's like Indianapolis and Tennessee are the same. And and Jacksonville is the same at this point, too, because we thought they were good. They're not good. And Houston sucks. So we know Houston's at the bottom, but those three teams are the same exact team. They're all the same. They are and all the same. Did anybody else? forget that the Texans exist. Like I was just thinking yeah. to myself, like when I was when I was putting these in the Excel like when I was putting the matchups in the Excel sheet, I saw Houston. I'm like, huh, forgot they were they were a team. But anyway the only thing I've ever seen on Houston this year is Damian Pierce. And and it's every week it's yeah, we're gonna get Damian Pierce more involved and then they just don't. They say it every week. The head coach Lovey <laughs> Smith says it every week. Yeah they, they never do it. All right. So the Titans are favored by two and a half points at home. And the over-under is 42 and a half. And boys, I got the Colts covering two and a half, and I have the under in this game. 
I think this is going to be a run-heavy type game. I think Jonathan Taylor is going to return. Obviously, Derrick Henry on the other side. Raheem Hines might too. Yeah, so this is going to be a run-heavy game. And uh, you want to know what's a fun fact? Um, Matt Ryan's like third in the NFL in passing yards. Yeah, like, like no matter what, that guy's going to throw for yards. He's not going to do anything with those stats. It's just empty stats, but he's just throwing for yards. That's what he does. Wait, real quick. Did you guys see DeAndre Hopkins' return video on Twitter? He posted a return video. He, he posted like a minute, like a hype video. And, and it's the first PED use comeback video I think I've ever seen in my life. That's what I was just going to say. It's like, dude, you literally did it to not get coming suspended. coming back from injury or anything. You're not coming back from like a Super Bowl loss and this is game one. Like, you got suspended <laughs> you... for PEDs. And he's dropping like a hype video, like a real like hype video. Like it's edited and everything. Like Tom Brady, like when Tom Brady was making those runs on the Pats in every game, it was like a clip, like edited together a few plays and, and like music and stuff. DeAndre Hopkins is releasing it like he's going to be like the next Batman. Like that's the vibe that I'm getting that from that video. Like, and that makes me want, I want to pick New Orleans even more. So I just had to bring that up. I mean, uh, first ever. I mean, what if that just like hypes up the team. The Cardinals are a weird, weird, weird team. Like a bunch of weirdos. Yeah, like that's what I think. Starting tonight. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins is back in that locker room. So you never know what you're gonna get. Yeah. All right. So where were we? Um, Indianapolis at Tennessee, two terrible teams. Oh yeah. Um yeah, yeah, so the Titans are favored by two and a half points at home. I got Indy covering two and a half. Mm-hmm. And I have the under. Like I said, I think it's gonna be a run fest. Yeah. And yeah. I think that all the running backs are gonna have pretty good games. My prop. I'll match, I'll match that with you. I'll match that with you before you go into your prop. So my prop of the week: Jonathan Taylor anytime touchdown if he plays. Okay. Okay, if he plays. Um, I have well, both teams are good at being bad. Um, I also have the Colts plus two and a half and the under. Um, I think Tennessee Titans are just better at being the worst. So the Colts are gonna win. They're better at being the worst. <laughs> oh, nice. Expert analysis. <laughs> All right. So the next game on the slate, we have the Atlanta Falcons at the Cincinnati Bengals. My Cincinnati Bengals in a way. Um, And the Bengals are favored by six points. Let me remind you, boys, that the Falcons have covered in every single game that they've played this year. I think this is the first team – or like going into last week, it was the first team in NFL history to be have a like under five hundred record yet cover in every single game. So my heart wants to tell me to pick Cincinnati minus six here, and I'm going to go with my heart. The, the streak for the Falcons has to end sometime soon. Cordero Patterson isn't back, and I, I just think the Bengals are finally putting everything together. Joe Burrow is like hitting Jamar Chase perfectly. T. Higgins has been ruled active to play. I think it's just a little too much for this Atlanta Falcons team to cover six points against the Cincinnati Bengals. And I, I mean, also yeah, he, have the under in this game at 47 and a half. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No, he was ruled like that he can play. He probably won't, though, because for some reason they hate T. Higgins in Cincinnati. I don't get it. I mean, if you want to come to Seattle, you could be a wide receiver, too. Um, Lockett could fit into the slot. T. Higgins is a wide receiver one in this league, and he's not getting a lot of burn. Um, and with that being said, Stav, I love your pick so much that I actually hate them. I'm going Atlanta plus six. I'm going the over. I think that Atlanta's offense – I talk about it every week. What, what Atlanta's offense looks like against this other team's defense, Atlanta's offense is built to beat the Cincinnati Bengals. 
I really think it. And, and I think that there's going to be a lot of points scored in this game because Atlanta's secondary is good but not great. You know, they have what's-his-name, cornerback one, what's-his-name. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Uh, AJ Terrell. Thank you. He's going to be on Jamar Chase the whole game. That shuts down a whole thing. And with T. Higgins, who they don't trust for some odd reason, he's going to have to step up. Um, Tyler Boyd's going to have to step up. There's going to be a lot of points scored in this game. I love the over in this game, and I like Atlanta to cover six points. I think this might be a field goal or maybe a four-point game. I also love the over in this game, and I also like – the Bengals minus six. Um, I think this is a good game for the Bengals to win. I mean, obviously, like you said, the Falcons have been covering their spreads. I think this is the end of the streak. And go Bengals. All right. Next game on the slate, we have the Cleveland Browns at the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens are six and a half point favorites at home. The over-under is set at 46. Griff, what do you got? Um, first, I don't know. Like First thought, I was like, oh, the Browns are going to win this football game. But they're not. They're not at all. Lamar Jackson's going to have – you know how quarterbacks have their Heisman moment? Lamar's going to have his MVP moment. This is where you turn the season around against the Cleveland Browns, who have been scrappy all year. I'm taking Baltimore with the points. I think they win this game by two touchdowns, and I'm going to take the under. Um, I like Mark Andrews to score, and I like J.K. Dobbins to have whatever his rushing yards is set at. I like him to have under that, under, because he sucks. J.K. sucks. But I like I do like Baltimore in this game. Lamar Jackson's the best running back in the league behind Daniel Jones. I like Baltimore too. I like them minus six and a half. I looked at this game. I also thought maybe the Browns are gonna win this game. And then I realized, wait, this is a divisional matchup. This is a big game for the Ravens. This is a must win for them, in fact. And I think this is a good opportunity to really set a tone for the rest of the year, especially in this division. So for that reason, I have them minus six and a half, and I like the over. Boys, I'm just going to go opposite of your picks. I love the I love the Browns plus six and a half. You come off of an embarrassing loss last week against the Patriots, who are starting a third string quarterback. Your defense is going to be flying around, and I don't trust this Baltimore Ravens defense to stop Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt on the ground. I think we're going to see some big games out of both of those guys. And the Ravens are notorious chokers. I think every single loss that they've had this year, they've blown a ten plus point lead, and it's going to be hard for them to stop the run. Not only that, but if the Browns even have like a, a feeling that they're going to win, they will win. And this team is all about momentum and confidence. And if you're confident running the ball, it's almost next to impossible to stop you. So I got Cleveland plus six and a half, and I have the under because it's going to be a run-heavy game, kind of like what I said with Indianapolis and Tennessee. I like it. I like it. 
All right, next game on the slate, we have the New York Giants at the Jacksonville Jaguars. And this was the most surprising uh, pick or uh, line of the week for me. The Giants are underdogs against the Jaguars, three point underdogs on the road. The Giants are four and one, right? Like, am I missing something here? They, yes. they're, they're four and one. I don't think you're missing anything. Um, and the Jaguars are not. The Jaguars stink, in my opinion. They're back to being stinky because they lost to the Texans. I know that was two weeks ago. But, yeah, they lost to the Texans. And I love the Giants plus three here. And the over-under set at 42.5. I got the over. I think that Saquon Barkley is going to have a great game receiving, running. Um, Daniel Jones is going to do his thing. This is a very well-coached, offensive-minded team. And the over is going to hit just because Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne are finally playing decent football. Yeah, um, this is a Daniel Jones statement here, and that's directly quoted um, from myself. And this is a New York Giants statement here, and I'm sticking with it. And this is a game that I think the Giants go out, they win this game, and you're right, Stav, the over hits as well. And they put up a massive amount of points on this Jacksonville defense, who has actually been pretty good this year. Um, and people are going to be like, wait, the Giants might be good. Um, they win their fifth game, and I think that they win two more games after that this season. They still go 7-10. Well, um, I love the Giants plus three and the over this week. I don't know what it is. Like you said, Griff, the Giants are putting up points. I said it. I said it. You did say it. You did you call it. it. And, and the the, Giants, the, it I said the Giants – I said this is going to be the best year of the Giants season and, and Daniel Jones's career. Or this is going to be the best year of the Giants with Daniel Jones as their quarterback, end quote. I didn't say what record they would have or anything. I just said this. I didn't say that. If we're going to be, if we're going to be rolling like that. Yeah, we'll, we'll be rolling like that if you give me the Phillies. If you give me my Phillies quote, I will let you have yeah. end quote. Okay, perfect. I'll give, you, I'll, give you any, I'll give you any quote if you give me any quote. Perfect, perfect. Griff, yeah. I'm glad we're in cohesion with this one. Yeah. So, Phillies, I, I, I cut that quote up. We're going to put that on the TikTok. And we can put your Giants quote on the TikTok. Too. Cool. The Giants here. And we could put Will's actual end quote about Matt Rule being fired after that week. Yeah, that was like the only take that any of us have gotten right. With Period. like, there's no That's end quote. Cool. Yeah, there's that, nothing. That, yeah, there's nothing. Yeah, after there's, that. there's nothing. There's, there's just me just saying he's gone. But no, if I, I mean, would, this is like for Will a real lock. Will would be the only person to say that. <laughs> just threw yeah, but, that out. You literally threw it out, and it happened. Like, yeah. all right, there's. Let's, let's be real here. Um, there's a reason why the Giants are underdogs in this game. I, I think it's a trap. <laughs> I like how you did that. It's a trap game. It, it's a trap game for the betters. Everyone's going to be picking Giants plus three, and that's the only reason why I can see Jag the Jaguars covering minus three here. Let's move on to the next game. How about that? Um, we got the Detroit Lions off the bye week at the Dallas Cowboys. Dak Prescott said a few minutes ago that he is starting this upcoming week. Shout out to Dak. Welcome back. Wow. Look at that, Ryan. But – the, the Cowboys, at the time that I made the spreadsheet, were seven-point favorites. I'm not sure how the line has switched. I think that it was assumed that he was going to play regardless, so the line probably didn't change too much. But they're seven-point favorites, and I got them covering seven. I love the Cowboys this week. I absolutely love them after a tough loss last week with their, their fearless leader, Dak Prescott, back. And I got the over set at 48. I think both offenses are pretty good. I mean, the Cowboys' defense is great, but I, I think that the Cowboys' offense will score 35 by themselves. Um, I'm yeah, Dallas, Dallas. Why not? I think that Dallas is an absolute wagon right now. And with everybody coming back, I think that this is going to be a good thing. I think that when Dak comes back, there's more pressure than he's had in years prior. And that'll be a good thing. I feel like the reason why Dak was so good in the first place was 
because when he was a rookie, they're like, why are we starting a fourth rounder? This is the Dallas Cowboys. He came out, he performed, and he excelled. And I think that the fact that for five or six weeks, it's been five weeks, right? Five weeks that we haven't seen him. We've yeah. seen Cooper Rush step in, facilitate the ball, give it to everybody, kind of opens the door for all the receivers on that team in terms of their relationship with Dak. Dak's going to be like, oh, wait, these guys need to get the ball more. We just saw what they did with Cooper Rush. Now let's see what they can do with me. And I think that um, it's all going to start. It's all going to be put together. This team's going to be a wild card team, the best wild card team in the NFC, because obviously they are with Philadelphia as well in there in the East. Um, but for this game specifically, I love Dallas minus seven. I think this they win this game by two scores, either 10 or 14 around that area. And, I'm going to go with the over as well. I think Detroit finds their way to put up some points again like they did at the beginning of the season. I'm going to tell it's you. Swift is back. Respect. Yes. Yep. I'm going to tell you on both of those picks. I like Cowboys minus seven and the over. Um, I also feel like this is a week that on one, one deck is back. So hopefully good things from that. The Cowboys are a little bit of a wagon. They are playing well. If they can keep the momentum up with Dak, I feel like they're still playing themselves in a good position, but I feel like if Dak comes back and it's a little lackluster, I feel like these next few weeks, he's going to get heavily, heavily criticized and there's going to be some kind of a battle. I mean, you're, you can't be wrong. I mean, Cooper rush was winning until last week. Now that, that was literally the perfect that was a Cooper game rush trap game. Yeah, exactly. And that was a perfect time for him to lose. Dak Prescott was the only one not rooting for Cooper Rush last week. But, yeah, welcome back, Dak. Next game on the slate, we have the Houston Texans, the team that everyone forgot about, at the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, Vegas minus seven here. I- I'm taking them. I love I love Vegas minus seven. I-, I think they're finally putting everything together. And it's going to be one of those things where we see a lot of Josh Jacobs. We're going to see Devontae Adams scoring some touchdowns. And I I got the over here, 45 and a half. Um, I love the over. I'll get it started with the over. I think that, um, you know, we've been trying to see Damian Pierce get more activated. They say they want him getting at least 20 touches in this game. Um, and I could see that. But on the other side of the ball, you're going up against a duo that is finally being put together, in my opinion. I think that last week said a lot about what they can do in the week before, especially with Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams is, I mean, he's just a, he's special, you know. Devontae Adams is the best receiver in the league. He's that guy. He's, and he's trying to prove it. And Las Vegas just hasn't been getting going, and it's 100% because of coaching. This is a game where the players just control the whole game, and Las Vegas goes out. They win this game by three touchdowns. I'm just saying. I like that. Um, I like Sorry, I like uh, Vegas minus seven, and I also like the over in this game. I feel like this is a good game for the Vegas Golden Knights to come out and win and do their thing. Golden Knights, my bad. The Raiders, sorry. Golden Knights, it's a, it's a hockey podcast. Yeah, it's a hockey podcast. Shut up, puck culture. That, and, that, and that was our hockey talk. That was our <laughs> that was our hockey talk. Um, sorry, I just – I don't know what just went on there for a second. That was a scene. English is hard. Understanding yeah. is hard. Just had a just had a moment, but go Raiders. <laughs> just continue. Yeah, Raiders, Raiders, are, Raiders and what? The under the over. Oh, we got the over. Nice. Well, nice. Next game. Next game. Stop. Next yeah. game. We got. Well, I'm gonna let you talk about this one first. We got the New York Jets at the Denver Broncos. 
The Jets are three-point underdogs on the road against the worst team in the NFL, the Denver Broncos. Will, get us started here. Okay. Take a deep breath first. I need to redeem myself after. Take a deep breath. Take a deep breath right now. Okay. Nice. All right. We're back. We're back. Okay. Back on the right process here um so this actually is my lock of the week i hate the denver broncos like i literally can't stand them like i hate seeing them on national television i hate seeing them on the television and i actually hate seeing them playing football to begin with um so for that reason the jets are just better the jets are good the jets are here to stay and i have them as my lock of the week i have the jets plus three and i'm gonna take the under i'm gonna take the under this game um i think this is Obviously, I think the Jets are going to put up the points this game, and I think Denver is just going to be very lackluster. I mean, we saw it on Monday night against the Chargers. They had 13 points in the first half. They just didn't score again. They didn't do a single thing. I just don't – they're they're not putting things together. That offense is clearly frustrated. That whole team is clearly frustrated. And then Russ is still coming out saying – Dumb things every now and then. I don't really know what he's doing. I'm, I, I mean, I today, really today he said some of the dumbest shit I've ever heard in my life. He, yeah, he's I hurt. Don't... He's hurt right now. He came out. He was like, "Yeah, I heal quickly." I'm like Wolverine. Like, yeah, it's not, like, dude, not, like, no, we're, no. like you're actually playing the worst football of your entire career. Like, we can't. Like, like I don't like. I know you're paying the man a lot of money. Like, we you got we you got to figure it out. Like, obviously that coaching staff isn't is nothing special either. But I mean, like, like. Drew Locke could do the same thing. Oh, Deshaun Watson got a speeding ticket. Yeah, he's probably speeding to an appointment. He went 97 miles per hour in Ohio. That's hey, a you don't lot. Blame but him. yeah, I mean, the Jets. It's got to be the Jets. It's, Denver it's sucks. Jets this week. Denver actually is terrible. Like, they are horrendous. They put together a good first half um, last Monday night, and that was the reason why – our bolts didn't cover. We'll get to the bolts in a minute, but the jets have been good. Like they've been solid. I, are they four and two? Yeah. I think they're four and two. I think they go five and two here. I like jets money line. So I'll take the three points. I'm going to hit the over though. I think that there's a lot of points scored in the first half. And then after that, it's all Zach Wilson. And I think Elijah Moore is going to get more activated, but breaking news. I don't know if you guys have saw this because it started while we're recording. Thank you, Will. Thanks for breaking the news when I said I'd break it. Elijah Moore has that's a question. That's so wild. Why'd you do that? Yeah, I don't know. That, I that's that, crazy. Actually. I was he, about to say something about it earlier. But then... <laughs> I, no, I literally was like, I have breaking news. He was like, oh, yeah, Elijah Moore requested a drink. <laughs> like, what? That is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so, Griff, what was the breaking news? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I got nothing. I have no breaking news now. I have nothing. You have some news, Mark though. Andrews and JK have not practiced for two days in a row. If you want that, oh, yeah, if you want that's that. breaking news. Yep, thanks. Damn, that, that's crazy. All right, and just for that, I'm changing my pick. I have Denver minus three just because Will stole your entire. I'm taking Denver here. now, too. Yeah, <laughs> so I hate the Broncos, but I also hate the Jets. I think that Zach Wilson sucks, but I, I mean, they have good running game, but the Denver Broncos defense, when are we going to change this narrative that the Denver Broncos defense is actually really good? Like they consistently don't allow points. They do their job. They have like Super Bowl level defense. It's just the mm-hmm. offense is so bad. It takes away from how good the defense is. Like they lost that game on Monday night without letting up a first down in overtime. That's not their fault. And I love Denver minus three. 
And I, I don't think that Russell Wilson plays well. And the under is going to hit. It's going to be like 14 to 10 maybe from a defensive touchdown and maybe okay. a rushing touchdown from Melvin Gordon. Okay, yeah. I'll, by the way, I'm also going to take the under now that I'm switching to Denver uh, because Will just completely ruined everything that I've ever done in my life. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I, I got to do a full switch, Denver and the under. Because if Denver's winning this game, there's not going to yeah. be 43 points scored in this game. All right, Griff, I'm going to throw this one to you. I want you guys to both talk about this before yeah. I get into it. But, Griff, talk about your Seattle Seahawks at your – or at our Los Angeles yeah. Chargers. This is like – this is like a dad that has two team or two player or his sons on two different teams. Your two sons being the Los Angeles Chargers and Seattle yeah. Seahawks with your dad on the field too. Um, tell me about this. So so let's let's just say um, hypothetical situation. I'm like 35, 40, and I have two sons, and I don't care about all the BS that parents have said before. As 20 year old men. And as a 20 year old man right now, I know for a fact in 15 years when I have two children and if they are both boys or a boy and a girl, no matter what, if I have two children, I will have a favorite. I will have a favorite. Everybody has a favorite. <laughs> I, cannot I, am my, I am my parents favorite. I know it for a fact. Parents don't say it. I will never say it to my kids, but I will have a favorite just like I have a favorite. Well, can I interrupt? Seattle Seahawks. They've been with me since the start. Can I interrupt? Will, are you yes. your parents favorite? No, okay. no, he's no, not. I'm no. his parents. On God, <laughs> your parents like more than I can. <laughs> All right, continue, Griff. Um, and I only said that because I'm just still mad at Will. Um, but yeah, the, the Seahawks are my favorite, and me and Will will be at SoFi Stadium. Um, mm -hmm. a lot of things went right for this to happen, and it happened. Me and Will will be at SoFi on this Sunday, on this beautiful Sunday. It'll be one o'clock. Western Pacific Standard Time. That's where we will be. Um, so honorary lock of the week, my Seattle Seahawks plus seven. The last time I went to a Seahawks game, it was in LA. It was the last ever game, last ever NFL game at the Coliseum between the Rams and the Seahawks. It was regular season week 17, right before COVID. Um, Seattle plus seven in my prop play for my four o'clock anytime touchdown score, Kenneth Walker the third. And I love the over. I'm going to be at the game. So, like, obviously I want the over to hit. Will. Um, I'm going to take the Chargers here. Um, I got them minus seven. And you have to go the over. You, you have to. I mean, we're at the game. You have to want the over to hit. You have to want there to be a lot of points. And I'm going to the Chargers. I mean, I, I am a Chargers fan on Sunday. So, we have to go to the Chargers. Will, are you going to wear your uh, Chargers jersey? I am. I'm going to be representing. Ooh, there's gonna be a little bit of that blood there. I will be I will be representing the twelfth man on Sunday. Griff, are you gonna knock out Will? Yes, and you're gonna record it, and then Will's <laughs> gonna get mad at you. Perfect. It's a perfect scenario. And then you have to apologize. And then really I will apologize. On, yes. I really will badly on TNT. Okay. Yes. But Will, I'm telling your picks here. I mean, I have the Chargers minus seven. Um, I, I think that it's about time this Chargers team puts everything together with Keenan Allen returning. Um, nothing against your Seahawks, Griff, but yeah, um, I, get it. I, I love the I love the Chargers. We love the Chargers. No, and I love the Chargers. At home, it's a, this is a this is a very fast Jersey game. Like on yes. the turf, this is a fast game. I swear, I hope that Seattle's wearing the white top and blue bottom. I I'm praying it's a know. fast game, boys. It's a very fast game, and that means the over is going to hit. I got Chargers minus seven and over to hit. And here we go. We have. 
the game of the week here. The Kansas City Chiefs at the San Francisco 49ers. The first time that these teams have met since Super Bowl 50-something. And <laughs> yeah, here's what Super Bowl right. it was. I don't know. I don't know what Super Bowl it was. 54? 53? No, 53 was the, the Patriots. Yes, yeah. I don't care about 55. that. 55. It was 55. What Super Bowl are we going to? Seven? Yeah. Wait, Eight? Hold up. I think it's 58. We're not going to 58. It's not going to be Super Bowl 50. I went to Super Bowl 48. LIV. What is LIV? Mm. I feel like LIV uh, was lost. golf tournament? <laughs> yes. The golf association? The Super Bowl golf tournament. Hmm. Oh, hold on. All right. Talk Shout about this. Door. Yeah, talk about this game, guys. Yeah, look, up, look, up, look up LIV and hey, Roman numerals. 54. Yeah, okay, it was 54. It was 54. 54. Wait, but what Super Bowl are we going? Like, what Super Bowl is this year? 57. Damn. It's wow. been 10 years since I went to the Super Bowl. Wow. I'm getting up there, Will. Yeah, we're getting old. Back starting okay. to hurt. Anyways, we got the Kansas City Chiefs as road favorites against the 49ers, two and a half point favorites. The line switched a little bit. Originally, it was at three. It changed this morning to two and a half. And just for that reason, I have the 49ers covering two and a half at home. I think that Debo Samuel has an absolutely electric game. You know, he's one of those guys who always steps up when the lights are the brightest. And everyone's going to be watching this game. This is, pro- I mean, besides you guys, but um, <laughs> I just see that the, the 49ers controlling the clock and I see them covering two and a half. I see have them winning this game outright. And I also have the under with that being set at 48. I mean, this is a game where I could do my favorite thing ever and pick against the Kansas city chiefs. So I am, to. I'm going to go San Francisco plus two and a half. And I'm also going to take the over. I think this is a game. I actually really like the 49ers straight up this game. I think their defense is going to prove something. I think they're going to go out there, control the game, control the clock. They're going to do their thing. And this Chiefs team is going to get a little lost. I mean, they're not going to get too lost. They're still going to do their thing. But I think these are one of these games that we're going to see the Chiefs kind of fumble up a little bit and have that little end game mistake like they did last week. So I like no, the Giants. I mean, you're exactly right. I like well, the 49ers. Jeez. The Giants, yeah, no, I like the Giants too. But they're not loved other sports today. Uh, yeah, the San Francisco Giants, yeah, I like them, but they uh, weren't even close to making the playoffs. Um, San Fran, the 49ers, they will make the playoffs this year, they're going to win the NFC West, and this is going to be a big game to show that a kind of backyard football team in the Kansas City Chiefs cannot mess with a team that is so organized and so well rounded as the 49ers. And I I think that being in the NFC West this year is perfect for them. I think they go out, they win this game by running the hell out of the ball, by finding different ways to give the ball to their playmakers like Debo. I I think you're right, Stop. I think he's going to have a huge game. And it's kind of just going to be kind of like a let's go out and prove it to him. And Jimmy G is the perfect quarterback to do that because Jimmy G, when he's like, okay, I need to go win this game, what does he do? He doesn't go out and and try to do anything special. There's two different types of quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes, Jimmy Garoppolo. Patrick Mahomes is, okay, we need to go out and win this game. I need to do it. Jimmy Garoppolo is like, okay, we need to win this game. Let me give it to somebody that can actually do it. And that's exactly what he's going to do. There's many people on that offense, Jeff Wilson, George Kittle, um, Debo, obviously, Iuke, that can go out there and make huge plays. It's going to be an absolute show. I'm going to take the over as well. I like Sam Fran. I would like the money line, but it'll probably only be like plus 140, so I might as well just take the points. Um, Sam Fran, the over at 48. All right. Um, 
Here we go into Sunday night. We have the Pittsburgh Steelers in Miami at the Dolphins. The Steelers are seven-point underdogs. This is the third week in a row that the Steelers are big-time underdogs. And for that reason, I'm going to pick them for the third week in a row to cover. I have Pittsburgh plus seven. I don't think they're actually going to win this game, but I have them to cover. I think their defense is too good not to cover. And I also have the under in this game. I like that. Um, I'm going to tell you on those exact pick stuff. I think, obviously, this isn't probably a game. I think this might be our first questionable Sunday night game. I don't know if this is going to be – I mean, not a bad slate, but maybe not the best game. But um, I like the Steelers. Yeah, um, I'm going to go – oh, I'm sorry. Well, the, what do you have under or over? I'm telling you. Oh, okay. okay, okay. I didn't I'm both. Yeah, I might as well just join it. I think this game's going to suck. I think Kenny – is going to be all right, and that's just what's going to be the difference. You took the under, right, Stav? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to tell you right there, too. I actually, this is like, you know, there's usually one game of the week that I just straight up don't want to talk about. This is it. It came, it came late Sunday night, but I don't want to talk about it. All right, let's just hop right into Monday night game, the last game yep. of the week. It happens to be my lock of the week. I will be there in person attending, right. rooting on my New England Patriots. The Patriots mm-hmm. are – this is the biggest spread of the year for the Patriots up to this point. They're seven-and-a-half-point favorites. And just for that reason, I love it. I absolutely love it. And it's the return of the Mac. Mac Jones is returning. He practiced all week. I mean, barring any setbacks, he's probably going to start on Monday. And he's out to prove that he deserves to be the starter. Thank you, Bailey Zappi, for being awesome in those uh, three games that you were in. But, Mac Jones, it's your team. Take the lead. Let's go. Throw for three touchdowns. Um, and the over is going to hit set at 39 and a half. The running backs are going to have great games, but the Patriots are going to score 45 points themselves. So Patriots win this game by three touchdowns. Yeah, I, I like that. I like the Pats. I love the over. I just love seeing a three as the first number. Um, I think that Mac Jones got a fire lit under his ass with Bailey Zappi coming in and winning football games. Mac Jones is going to get right back to what he did last year. It's going to start with a murder of the Chicago Bears. Patriots love them with the spread. I would take an alt spread at 10 and a half. I think they win this game by at least two touchdowns. And I think that they put up around 30 points. So they just need Chicago to put up like 10. And I think that they will. I like the over in the game as well. Well, make it all three of us because I love the same thing too. I mean, I really like the pass this week. Obviously, Mac is back. I hope he puts up points. I hope he does his thing. And I hope he proves all the people who love Zappy wrong. I mean, I like Zappy, but I hope Mac turns out and does his thing especially against this Bears team. This Bears team isn't anything special. They are not that good. This is a perfect opportunity to really just go all weapons out, show what you have, and win a good football game. So, Will, give us one of your props of the week from any game. Oh, I forgot to say. Um, I actually like George Pickens scoring on on Sunday Ooh. Night Football. I'm, gonna, I'm writing that down. So our three – the first three things that we said, Rome, Griff, you have Romeo Dobbs anytime touchdown. Yeah. I have Jonathan Taylor anytime touchdown. Will, you have George Pickens anytime touchdown. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited for this. This is, I mean, there's no such thing as a bad slate. And this is a great episode 150, boys. We covered every single sport yep. that we care about, really. And we um, the two-hour mark. Yeah, we that would have been that would have been something, huh? Yeah, I mean, it would have been a lot. It would have been a lot. Kind of a, I have a headache right now, and I yeah, can't stop too. thinking about how Will hypothetically took a video of me getting punched in the face. And he also just stole your entire flow with the Elijah Moore take. But it was a bad episode to be Will. Yeah. It, yeah. Will has bad, to come out. Actually, no it was a bad episode quality. to be me because Will was just 
like pretty much just like the whole time Will was like, you know how men are, you know, the alpha mentality. Will was just trying to outman me this whole episode, the whole time. To be honest, I don't know why I said it. I saw it on my phone. I looked at it. And this isn't an excuse because I do apologize and I didn't mean to do that. I saw it on my phone whilst I was talking about a tweet and I saw it when we were talking about um, DeAndre Hopkins tweet and I saw it and I was like, oh, Elijah Moore requested trade. And in my head, I was about to say it. And then we started talking about another game and then I was like, okay, I'm not going to bother saying it. Yeah, I mean, uh, I appreciate your apology, but I won't accept it until you put it on the notes app. Yeah, notes app it. Griff? Yeah, it's been a fantastic – I mean, I didn't see that one way over my head. Um, It's been a fantastic episode, 150. Um, A lot of sports we talked in this episode, a whole hour of basketball pretty much, Um, about 20 minutes of baseball, which is really all you need for the attention span of people nowadays with baseball. Um, We talked hockey. We said the Vegas Golden Knights once, and we talked a lot of football. We hope you guys enjoyed – We will catch you guys next week after we all go watch some football. Um, I'm going to leave Will in Los Angeles, um, so we will never see him again. But thank you guys, and peace. 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 Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.